Hello and welcome to another episode of Video Game Logic. Today's show was recorded on January the 28th, 2018. I'm your host, gaming psychologist, and with me, as always, the beauty to my beast. Caffeine for age. On today's show, we're going to be discussing the January Game Club, which is The Wolf Among Us. We will be letting you know what our next Game Club game is going to be. We will have our weekly community corner, and if there's enough time, we're going to throw a Steam Discovery queue on there at the end. You went to say something, but I just uh, yeah, kept talking. I, yeah, I was about to say, I'm not sure how I feel about this. <laughs> well, it was between that or uh, Big Sea Wolf, which... Yeah, that doesn't sound right either. Yeah, so definitely beauty to my beast. Uh, you can be the beast if you want, and I'll be the beauty. That's fine. Well, we both know that's not true either. <laughs> that is very fair. That is very, very fair. Uh, so, I, I would say bore the Tweedledee to your Tweedledum. Yeah, that, that would work. <laughs> that would work, but it's too late now. It's too late now. We, we're, we're carrying on well, well, we with what I said post. before. I could fix it in post, but where's the fun in that? So, listeners, as you may have noticed, one, uh, we're not doing games we played or any news topics because The Wolf Among Us is a, uh, it's called, a very, uh, very long uh, it's game. It's called a big fucking game. Yeah, so we're pretty confident we're going to spend a long time going through that just like how we did with Life is Strange. And also, you also may notice that today's date is not a Tuesday, but instead a Sunday. And due to reasons, we had to change the recording date. So we'll go ahead and say it now. It was posted on Twitter, and we'll say it again later. Uh, due to the fact that we're having to record a few days early, if you want to still do something for Wolf Among Us and send it in, we'll be sure and play it and talk about it on the show next week so that you can participate. Why also, would they shameless... Rain? Also, shameless self-promotion, if you don't have The Wolf Among Us and don't want to buy it, I've recorded my entire playthrough and put it on my YouTube channel, uh, and I tweeted about it a couple of times, and I'll tweet about it again. So if you want to go watch my playthrough and then comment about the game from that, you can do so over at Gaming Psychologist on YouTube. Ding! Or you just go to Gaming with Caffeine Rage and I'll kill you in RimWorld. (laughs) That works too. Also, ding! I can't promise that all your organs will be buried with you, but I'll try. Yep. So, obviously, we're going to go through the entire game of Wolf Among Us. There will be many, many spoilers, but we're going to have some general talk that is spoiler-free, or at least as spoiler-free as possible. Uh, In the show notes, there will be a time marking when we swap to spoilers, so if you want to go play Wolf Among Us and then come back and listen to it, you won't have any of the main plot or anything spoiled. So, I don't know how long that's going to take us to get there, but we'll get there when we get there. And we're also going to be comparing to another story-heavy game that we've done in the past. Yes, Life is Strange. So, uh, we'll try and be as spoiler-free about Life is Strange 2 during this general discussion, and then later, when we're comparing more specific things, we will also be spoiler spoilery about Life is Strange. So, there you go. You ready to get started? Well, why are you asking me that? Because we're recording. Of course I am. Well, yeah, I'm just saying, are you ready to get started talking about Game Club? Oh, all right. And speaking of Game Club, for any listeners who saw Wolf Among Us and thought, hey, I'll go listen to this podcast, what is Game Club, Rage? The Game Club is 
when we converge our tastes and try to play the same game for once, because we often play completely different things and have very different tastes. And we have an in-depth discussion about the said game at the end of the month. Indeed. And of course, this Game Club game was The Wolf Among Us, a story game, an episodic game by Telltale. Rage, right off the bat, how much experience do you have with what we're going to call modern Telltale? This was my technically third modern Telltale game with a lot of classic and one published game. I actually have a fair amount of Telltale experience. What's the published game? You told it to me earlier. Uh, Hector Badge of Carnage, which, I'll be perfectly honest, is not particularly good. Hector Badge of Carnage, okay. Yeah, it's a... Essentially, take Family Guy, take away all the random references, and make Peter a cop. That's the easiest way I can describe it. It's, okay. If it's your type of humor, it's all right. But it just, well, for one, I was having all sorts of technical issues with it to begin with, and it was just not clicking for me if you turn the turn of phrase. hey Because it is a point-and-click adventure. It's not the Telltale style of storytelling. The modern Telltale style? Yeah, so it's a little bit different there. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, it's just... It's very rough, and uh, and the humor just wasn't doing it for me. So yeah, I just you know left it. And for the bartered Telltale, and I'll go into classic Telltale as well. I have the Wolf Among Us, obviously. Right. Uh, most of the first season of The Walking Dead, because I got to be perfectly honest, I did not care for The Walking Dead. Maybe it's just I'm a gamer, so zombies yawn. Yeah, and I, I have think... no interest in The Walking Dead whatsoever. Yeah, I think to be invested in The Walking Dead Telltale game, uh, you have to also be invested in either the comic book or the show. It diverges from both of those it's a and tells its own story. It, well, it's but... a completely separate story, is it? With a couple references, and that's about it. Mostly yeah, there's a couple references prevent... and a couple of cameos. Yeah, it's mostly to prevent spoilers for, you know... Well, okay, this is retelling the comic. I know what's going to happen. I don't have to buy this game. It doesn't right. do that. And the other barn, even though this is kind of skirting the lawn, Back to the Future. Okay. And you completely I forgot have... about Back to the Future. <laughs> I did. I actually have Back to the Future, the the Telltale Back to the Future on Xbox. It was one of the quote-unquote free games a few months ago, but I haven't played it. Uh, I would say it's pretty good. It's definitely for fans of, this, uh, of the movie series, especially the entire series and not just the first. Because it yep. does callbacks to the, uh, you know, the other two as well, and there's, it's technically uh, the fourth story, but not really. But also has a pretty weak ending. I won't spoil what it is, but yeah, gotcha. And then when we go to classic Telltale, I have the Sam and Max series, all of it, uh, the third season on Steam, and the first two through Telltale directly. Tales of Monkey Island, which I played the uh, also the first uh, tale, uh, for the first Monkey Island, uh, the non-Telltale version. I, I keep meaning to go back and play that. I think about it. Uh, the two puzzle agent games, which is kind of you know getting away from point-and-click adventure to begin with, with a little light point-and-click in there, but mostly a puzzle game. And then Poker Night at the Inventory One and Two. Yep. Okay. 
So, you know, a little bit of experience with Telltale. Yeah, for me, for classic Telltale, I've played Sam and Max. Uh, I haven't played all of it. I've only played the first Sam and Max. Uh, Only the first season. I would say it's kind of a toss-up for me because season three is starting to, you know, get into more modern Telltale. But uh, season two, I would say, is the stronger of the two more hardcore... uh, uh, point and click adventures and hardcore and you know master sarcasm but because if you want to talk a uh, hardcore point and click old school sierra yeah but uh, i played the first sammy max um i've played poker night at the inventory one and two i've played um the first monkey island and i think that's it from classic telltale i'm not a big fan of the old school point and click games some of them I enjoy, like I enjoy the Myst series and a few others, but um, not not the biggest fan of a lot of that old point-and-click stuff. Of modern Telltale, I've played The Walking Dead Season 1, 400 Days, which was their like sort of mini-sode that yeah, ties Walking have, Dead Season 1 and 2 together. Yeah, I do have I've, 100 Days, I just never played it. I've played uh, Walking Dead Season 2, I've played The Wolf Among Us before, and then obviously again for this, I've played Tales from the Borderlands... I've played um, their Game of Thrones series and then the Jurassic Park Telltale game that they did. I think it's just called Jurassic Park the Game. The Um, movie. And then. The game. Yeah. And then I have interest in the Guardians of the Galaxy Telltale game um, because I'm a massive fan of the comics and then also the Marvel Cinematic Universe version. And I'm interested in the Minecraft game or the Minecraft Telltale game, but. I just have never spent money on it because, I don't know, reasons. Because it's so Minecraft. I've got, I've got a really big history, or a larger history with more, the more modern Telltale games. Um, and I have to say that The Wolf Among Us is one of the top two or three. Tales from the Borderlands is extremely good. Um, their art style fits the Borderlands art style anyways, so it looks seamless and also... The biggest problem with Borderlands, in in my view, is that there's not really a good or coherent story. I mean, there's like a basic story and a few fun characters sometimes to get you through. And then there's internet memes. Yeah, but the Tales from the Borderlands series, I mean, that world is ripe for storytelling. And the story that they tell really fits the world. So, excellent storytelling, great theme, uh, and the art style works nicely. And then Wolf Among Us is, is up there. And I would need to go back and play Tales from the Borderlands again, so that they're both recent in my mind to be able to tell you. Um, I really like The Walking Dead as well, season one, because I all, I was invested in the show and the comic book, and it was one of the first games that really made me cry. Like the very end, one of the last choices you have to make at the end of the game made me cry, and I, I won't spoil that, but I think most people have probably played The Walking Dead season one. So, I don't think it's, like, the best, but since it was, like, my introduction to modern Telltale, it kind of has, like, a special place in my heart, because it pulled on my heartstrings. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got no interest in their Batman game. I've heard it's fine, but I'm not really a big Batman I've fan. I've heard it's a, a technical mess, at least the first season. Uh, the second season sounds like it's doing better, but it's uh, still very rough running. Okay. But, um, yeah, out, out of all the modern Telltale games, this is one of the top two. It's between Wolf Among Us and Tales from the Borderlands well, for me, with for what me, I've played. Well, so. for me, uh, I would say it's squarely in the top three. You're including Classic as well? 
No, no, I was saying for modern Telltale. I was making a joke. Oh, okay. Well, I, I knew it was either you were including classic or you were making a joke. One of the two. I guess wrong. You were wrong. So, yeah, that's that's our experience with Telltale. Just very generally, you were telling me you had a couple of issues with the game itself. So very yes. generally, what did you think about The Wolf Among Us? Oh, uh, well, I'm not sure if it's just me, but I noticed at least a couple times in every episode there was some sort of oddball animation glitch. It was a lot of blinking you miss it, just animation not quite uh, going seamlessly from one, uh, can- well, not canned animation, but sequence to the next. Uh, a good example is during episode two, there was a, a sequence where uh, Big B was uh, doing something, and then he quickly snapped to the you know, uh, neutral pose, you know, your traditional you know, arm stretched uh, straight out, uh, legs together. Uh, the d- T-pose? Yeah, the T-pose, you know, which is typically how, uh, uh, how 3D balls are built and how animation is built from. He snapped to that for a split second, and then he went to the next animation. It was one of those blinking you miss it, and then once I saw that, I started noticing it pop up several times. I think I saw it in the first episode, but it was one of those I I was blinking at the time, so I missed it. Right. But then I just kept seeing it's like, oh, yeah, this is a Telltale game, all right. Yeah, I did not experience that issue. My biggest issue came with load times and occasional freezing, although I'm 99% sure that that was because I was also recording the game. Uh, I had it installed on my uh, hard drive, my my hard disk, initially, but I moved the install file to my SSD, and once I did that, I stopped having that problem. So I'm pretty sure it was just recording. Um... I mean, Telltale Games, the the engine that they use is very old and has a lot of problems. They've been using this engine, I'm pretty sure, definitely since The Walking Dead. I think they were using it when they did Jurassic Park as well. Um, I think Sam and Max 3 had this engine. It's just they were still doing point and click at the time. Okay. So it's pretty ancient at this point, and it's just... Yeah, and also uh, some of the quick time events, particularly having to hammer Q if you're doing mouse and keyboard, is just an odd uh, uh, button to hit. Yeah, I uh, the first time I played through, I did use keyboard, keyboard and mouse. But when I did play through this time, I remembered how bad it was to try and do some of those quick time events, so I used a controller. Yeah, yeah, I swapped a controller about episode three, but even then, there there was also this other thing that fucking annoyed me. And this was both on mouse and gamepad. Was that the cursor was static in the world, but Big B moved around, so the cursor kept moving around. There's there was an option that changes. Oh, that. there was. I didn't see that then because I looked at the options, but I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah. There's a, a cursor option that changes the way it behaves. Oh, I, I actually prefer the cursor to stay static, just because I'm weird about stuff like that. I guess, but well, there is then, an option that changes it when it moves. <laughs> Oh. Okay, so um, uh, that was just an option I didn't see, and the, you know, the default is just done. Yeah, the default is that it stays still, but you can change it to where that it moves. Um, I had other issues with the controls, like trying to... Uh, I wanted to I wanted to remap a couple of the buttons, or but you can't do that. Well, uh, so. you, well technically I could, but um, that's because of how I'm playing it. I would also say another technical qualm 
is that if I did not have my controller on at start, it would not do a hot swap. I was going to ask, since you use a, a PlayStation controller, if it did that. I tried it with both the Steam controller and the Xbox controller, or my Xbox controller, and yeah, if you don't have the controller turned on at start, it won't swap over. But the thing is if that the controller it, is turned on, it, it will. Yeah. Yeah, which is good, because otherwise I would have to set, uh, switch to my track uh, trackpad list, uh, uh, mode on the, on the gamepad, because... I did hit it a couple of times to swap the uh, things, but yeah. Uh, but because I'm using a DualShock 4, I could rebind because I'm running DualShock for Windows. Yeah. And technically, I, I the game sees my uh, DualShock as an Xbox 360 controller. Yeah. I could have rebound with the Steam controller if I wanted to, but by that point, I was already in like episode 3 before I remembered that I could do that. And I was like, nah, it's fine. I'll just keep playing. I've already gotten used to it anyways. Yeah, we play with odd controllers, don't we? Yeah. The uh, the game doesn't seem to care, though, whether or not you hit left trigger or right trigger yeah, whenever it, it tells that. you to hit a trigger. So I, I wanted all the buttons to be on the face buttons, though. Yeah, I noticed that it didn't really seem to care with the triggers. And also, it was very generous on just where it picked up if you were moving a reticule. Yeah, which I, I think that's the right yeah. choice to make with these types of games. Um, yeah, I never fa- you know. uh, uh, technically failed a quick time. There's a couple that you have to fail to buffer story to progress, but yeah, the, it's not technically a fail. Yeah, there's a couple that basically forces you to fail. Which, but... uh, yeah, it's kind of nice for a story, you know? It's uh, showing that... Uh, it, it, well, I'm kind of uh, on two minds about this, because yes, it's uh, showing that you know, the uh, situation is out of control for Big B, but at the same time... Which Big B is the big bad wolf in this case. I, Which uh, I love the naming convention for yeah. that. Big B wolf. Uh, uh, but it showed that things were out of control, and, you know, you, but you're still fighting. But at the same right. time, you know, why had that be a quick time event in the first place? Right. I, I, I prefer it to be the quick time event that you can't win. Um, you know, there's very little gameplay in these games. I mean, you're making the what to say or you know you're deciding what to say but that's you know basically just to choose your own adventure book so the little gameplay that you get i like how they use that sometimes to make you feel a certain way during the story yeah this is a lot Um, more interactive story than uh, what life is strange was yeah the um i can't i can't talk about what the game is spoilers when we get there we'll talk about it but whenever you have to face you know who in the alley, uh, all right, and you can't win that quick time event. The way that that makes you feel, mm-hmm. like you struggle so hard, and like the the rings almost fills up, and then like it drops back down. You're like, if I go faster and harder, it'll make it. Just the way that that makes you feel, I like. Yeah, the way I was, yeah, I was also still on keyboard at the time. Yeah, yeah, that would. That's a little bit, a little bit rougher. Banging your keyboard, you're gonna, gonna break your keys. You're gonna go blind. Cue. <laughs> um, uh, pretty much, okay, I did that's... have a card moment whenever that first uh, quick time uh, came up with Q. It's like Q. <laughs> <laughs> so, how does this game compare to Life is Strange for you? Better, or worse, and why? I would as say spoiler free uh, as possible. It's closer uh, uh, than I really expected going into it because Telltale has had a reputation of pretty good to really good starts and kind of petering out towards the end. I would say The Wolf Among Us is pretty strong all the way through and 
in that respect, it really beats Life is Strange because Life is Strange kind of lost its momentum about halfway to two-thirds of the way through episode four and episode five just felt like it was coasting towards an end. So overall consistency of the story, I would say that it beats Life is Strange. Tone-wise, there are two... Uh, yeah, it's uh, comparing apples and oranges here, so really can't right. compare them. Uh, Life is Strange is a lot stronger on its gameplay, and I would say its choices feels like they matter a lot more overall. There are a couple choices uh, similar to how Life is Strange has them, but they feel more sparse, and a lot of times it's the telltale problem of they'll remember <coughs> that no, didn't really fucking matter now did it yeah half the time the stuff they remember doesn't matter or, although occasionally or they a, do something cute to one, play with that yeah it's one thing yeah there was one uh, fourth wall breaking moment that we'll talk about later that I thought was just hilarious okay uh, but yeah it was uh, it, it, they're, uh, they're both very strong games. I think tone-wise, it really depends on what you're looking for because The Wolf Among Us is a lot of a darker story. And Life is Strange, it starts off a lot more hopeful and turns darker. Yeah. So they're two, well, very different beasts. hi <laughs> but, um, but I would say they're both uh, very strong. When it comes, for me, when it comes to just straight up story versus story, Life is Strange is miles ahead of Wolf Among Us. Not to say that the Wolf Among Us is bad, it's one of the best Telltale games, as I just said a few minutes ago. But they're, tr- like you said, apples to, to oranges. They're trying to do two very different things. And Life is Strange focuses on a very, very small story that at the end it really expands. Um, but in general, for me, the Life is Strange is a better story. But when it comes to experience, I think Wolf Among Us for me is a better experience because Telltale, they they do have a lot more experience at this sort of thing. I would say Wolf it's Among because Us it's was more consistent, really. Yeah, at least to me. yeah it's, that and there's a even though it feels like in Life is Strange your choices matter more, it feels like you have more to do in Wolf Among Us. Yeah, I would also, I think that. Wolf Among Us. Wolf Among Us is a tighter story too. Life is Strange was like, what, twelve hours long? Ten, ten hours, something long? like that. It was, it was, a, it was a longer story overall. But I don't think it made it a better story. I think it made it a bit weaker. That's what I'm saying. Like Wolf Among Us was a much tighter story. That particularly, like you said, even though I liked Chapter Five and Life is Strange better than you, Chapter Five was way too long and meandering overall. I think they should um, whereas, have uh, dropped about half of chapter 5 and combined chapter 5 and 4 and made it uh, a four chapter story. It would have made it a lot tighter of a game. Or a lot yeah. tighter of a story, I should say. Yeah, Wolf Among Us, on the other hand, I, since this is my second playthrough. I don't know if I went through any faster than you, but it took me about seven hours to play through Wolf Among Us. Uh, seven, seven and a half. Not sure how long it took. Let me pop over to Steam and I'll tell you because there's a little bit of static. Stop hitting your microphone. Uh, let's see. I did 8.4, but I also... I think I left it on at one point. Okay, so seven to eight hours, yeah, we'll say. Yeah, let's just call it about eight-ish, because there was also a couple sections that replayed a, the first scene of a, a episode to see, oh, well, what, what would happen if I did this? 
because it right. know, can't do that. Uh, that the Life is Strange just eh, rewind. Yeah. So yeah, overall, I, the Wolf Among Us was a, a tighter story, and I think overall a better gameplay experience. But I did prefer Life is Strange's storytelling. Um, but I mean, you know, they're they're apples to oranges. I would say Life was... is Strange probably is a lot more relatable to the general uh, player. The Wolf Among Us is a bit more of a niche title, right? Which, speaking of what Wolf Among Us is, it's a prequel to the Fables comic book series. Yeah, which I've been meaning to read, but I've never gotten around to. So, uh, particularly uh, particular story beats were not spoiled to me by the uh, yeah characters appearing in the comic, which happens far after. So you know, yeah, I did. Uh, it's actually better not to read the comic. Yeah, you should play this first and then read the comics. I've read some of the comic, but I've not read the entire series. The entire series um, is fucking so, long, and it's still ongoing, isn't it? Uh, honestly, I don't know. Let's do a quick Google search. Let's see. Looks like it ended in July of 2015 was its last issue. Yeah. So. But, I mean, it, it, it had 150 issues. Um, and I've read probably issue up through issue 10. So, a, yeah, a very small portion. Right. Not even ten percent. Um, yeah, that it's a very very long story. Yeah, but I mean the, the comics are good. You know, if you if you don't like comics, you won't like it. But if you do like comics, it's a really good, well put together story. The art is gorgeous. Yeah, which uh, Telltale really nailed. Uh, yeah, that comic book feel. Yeah, absolutely. it's similar to uh, Borderlands, really, sorta. Yeah, not as uh, harder uh, brushstrokes, but still, yeah, the hard shadows and the overall coloring was uh, done really well. Uh, yeah. Uh, the, the, uh, well, oh, one other technical qualm I noticed, and it's the same problem I had with Life is Strange, was there was a couple times that characters would talk and lips wouldn't move. I don't remember having that problem. Although sometimes the lip syncing was uh, wrong. Yeah, really wrong. So, and I actually had one character in episode 5 that had a voice line and did not fucking say it. I just a good thing I had the subtitles on. Yeah, I, I never play any of these games without subtitles. I don't remember that happening. Um, it might have. It also could have been or, that it was something that didn't go through because we had different choices at that point. So, um, let's see, I'm trying to think. Are there any more general discussions <clears throat> to have before moving towards spoilers? I do have one, one final right, question, go. but all right, go for it. Okay, just the, the final thought that I have is before we get into spoilers, if if someone has not played this game, would you recommend it to them? Yes. <clears throat> As would I. I would say, I mean, well, for me, it's the strongest of the modern Telltales that I played. Yeah. If I had to uh, list my uh, modern Telltales, it would be The Wolf Among Us, Back to the Future, and The Walking Dead. But then again, I didn't really like The Walking Dead, and I'm a fan of the Back to the Future series. Right. <clears throat> yeah, I, I also would just give this a solid, like, hard recommend. The only reason I would say to not play it is if you just don't, generally don't like Telltale games or this style of, of game. Or you uh, think having fairy tale characters is a bit schlocky. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's lots of room for schlock in this, but there's not really very much schlock. Yeah, there's a little bit here and there, but uh, it's done really well. The characters are kind of sort of their fairy tale uh, uh, this is the grim fairy tales not Disney 
I, yeah. I mean, hell, Disney would have had a fucking aneurysm with episode two. Yeah. You know exactly what <laughs> yep. I'm talking about. I know exactly what you're talking about. And we'll get to exactly. that. Uh, but uh, they're mirroring the uh, uh, the uh, fairy tales, but then uh, they often do their own thing, and they're their own characters, and since they've lived for centuries uh, in most cases, uh, they have evolved to some degree. Yeah. It's it's very it's a very pulpy noir type of yeah, story. Yeah, which I, made me absolutely love it. I love these type of stories. But then I again, you but would. then again, you know, I listen to old detective radio shows. So if I hated this, you know, there's something wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think that's about as far as we can go without starting to spoil things. So this is the spoiler warning from here on out. We're going to be going through the story and just speaking our minds. So, hard spoilers after this point. Alright, so, chapter one. What was chapter one called? I didn't even uh, 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 grab the episode names. I I went and got all of them just because of my YouTube playlist, and it's Wolf Among Us, episode one, whatever. Uh, That's not a very good name. (laughs) Uh, Chapter one is called Faith. Ah, Faith. Or episode one. I should say each episode has multiple chapters in it. Yeah, each one has but, five chapters. Uh, yeah, five or six. I think it's five, and uh, so for twenty-five chapters overall. And I have to say, over, maybe I should have done this in the general, but uh, the episodes—they're not short, but they feel a lot uh, shorter than what they all actually are because they're uh, produced so tightly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it didn't feel like they um, really drug on at all. And no, there was only one episode that felt like it was longer. Um, I believe it was episode two is the one I felt like. Yeah, mostly because went on it, for a while. of the cliffhanger from episode one happy to be resolved. But, but yeah, I do agree with that. But let's uh, focus on episode one first. Sure. So you play as Big B Wolf, the big bad wolf. Who is the sheriff of Fable Town? Because, well, why else? Uh, yeah, uh, who else would do it, right? <laughs> yeah. That, 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 uh, since I haven't read the comics, I have no idea why the hell the Big Bad Wolf was put in this as the sheriff, other than people feared him. Um, he strikes a deal with, I believe it's Snow White. Um, like he he wants to come over, and they say. You know, I'm super heavy paraphrasing here, but they're like, okay, if you want to come away from the Fable Land and to our new home, you can't go to the farm, which is where all of yeah, the fables go. Yeah, because people would be that... way too scared of, a, of such a <clears throat> fucking giant wolf. Right, and they was they were like, okay, so if we give you the ability to turn into a human at will, <clears throat> yeah, then you they, have to work for us. Yeah, they basically made him a, a werewolf wolf. <clears throat> Yeah, as, <clears throat> as you go through the game, there's various stages of his transformation, ultimately ending uh, in him being the big bad wolf. Well, well no, which no, is no, pretty they, cool. They, no, they actually said that uh, they infected him with uh, being a werewolf. Yeah, they uh, in the Book of Fables. Uh, the uh, yeah. as you progress through the game, you're given little extra lore uh, bits about various things, and one of them was that Big B's able to turn into a human because he's been infected with uh, leprosy. So. He has essentially... He's essentially a werewolf wolf. <laughs> yeah. Or... Yeah, that's what, I, that's what I was saying. They gave him the power to... I mean, I didn't go fully into it. It's not, and it's not... They cut him with some kind of dagger. Yeah, that was infected with it. I, I thought it was yeah. interesting. It, yeah. 
But, I mean, basically in the comics, it's, you know, okay, if you're going to come over here, then you have to, you know, we have to have assurances that you're going to be good, and so you'll work for us. And he was the perfect person to be the sheriff, because none of the upper class people, which are the ones who live in... The Woodland? The Woodland, wanted to, to do it. So they were like, you can come here, you can live here, but you have to be the sheriff. You and he basically was like, okay. Apartment. Yeah. But he agrees because he doesn't want to get left in uh, Fable World, well, which well, according to something the, uh, bad. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, according to the Book of Fables, he escaped uh, the Fable World and was uh, basically rampaging around Europe when Snow found him. Yeah. So uh, he did leave uh, the Fable World. And yeah, something bad happened that basically chased every uh, Fable out, but they never say what it is in the game. Yeah, I, I, if they say it in the comics, either I don't remember it or it's not covered in the first ten issues. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's much later, or you know, it's just a a thing happened. Yeah, right, you well, get the sense that it was some internet. kind of like apocalyptic event. Well, let's just blame the internet. <laughs> yeah, it's the internet's fault. But you play uh, the big bad wolf, and uh, essentially the major characters, uh, at least in the first episode, are Snow White, Ichabod Crane, uh, the Woodsman. Uh, well, th- those are the major ones that are kind of throughout the entire story, unless I'm missing one. Uh, uh, Faith, technically. Blue- Bluebeard's only mentioned yeah, in the first he, one, yeah, He doesn't show up. Yeah. Faith, but she gets murdered. Uh, Dude, she's like the inciting event for the whole Sorry. story. <laughs> <clears throat> um, and she's there for the first, like, what, 10, 15 minutes? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, she's obviously constantly referenced throughout the rest of the uh, game. Mr. Toad. She's the inciting event. Mr. Toad, yep. Love Mr. Toad. <laughs> I do too. Although, I also kind of don't like him because he's a dick to his son. Yeah. Like, he's a fun character, and then you find out he's a dick to his son, and I'm like, oh, you bastard. Mm-hmm. But still, he's just trying to get by. Uh, I and I'm, yeah, I think that uh, the first episode is actually very light on characters. Colin. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a bunch of, yeah, Colin. Uh, but he's a side character. Little pigs. Yeah. yeah, yeah Tweedledee I, and Dumb are introduced in episode one. Mm-hmm. But they're only there briefly. They feature more heavily in later episodes. Yeah, I think Colin is the one that made his uh, house out of straw. Yeah. There's Grindel. He shows up throughout the whole thing. And Holly. Uh, they're... Well, Grindel is... Um, Grindel? Yeah, Grindel. And Holly is one of the trolls under the the bridge. Uh, they got... Uh, they went after three Billy Goats Gruff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Beauty and the Beast are both oh, yeah. briefly in episode one, although they feature more heavily later. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure if we're really it, missing anyone. I don't think or so. Or at least anyone major. So, uh, Big B Wolf uh, is called out by Mr. Toad to stop a drunken <clears throat> rampage by the Woodsman, Woody. <laughs> Which I love that nobody uh, remembers the Woodsman's name, so they just call him Woody. <laughs> Does the Woodsman have a name? Uh, not in the game, at least. They, uh, they even, uh, well, he even talks about how nobody even remembers his name anymore. He's just called Woody. Or the Woodsman. Keep keep going over the the synopsis of the episode. Uh, but you're called out, and, well, Woody has himself a hooker uh, named Faith. Well, you don't find out her name, uh, right away, but, eh. And, uh, he's being there for a little big shit out of her. And rather drunk, so you intervene. And this is really starts to get into the choices of the game. Yeah, what, how you handle this. And also introduces the combat fairly well. And I'm pretty sure you're able to die throughout the game, but I never died once. What about you? 
Um, yes, you can die. I did not die on this playthrough. On my first playthrough, I made a couple of mistakes, particularly fighting Bloody Mary at the end, and she killed me. But, I mean, you just restart. But, I mean, it's pretty difficult to die. You basically have to nearly 100% fail the quick time event. Yeah, which uh, some of the quick time <clears throat> events are, yeah, very split second. Especially with Bloody yeah. Mary. Ah, uh, but you get in a fight, uh, tussle around the woodsman's apartment, and go out the window and land directly on Mr. Toad's car. Yeah, because Mr. Toad has no luck with automobiles, it seems. <laughs> <laughs> nope, he doesn't have a lot of look, luck with a lot of things. And then you're also introduced to just how uh, tough uh, fables are, or at least some fables. Uh, that's kind of a, a discrepancy with this, is that some fables are very, very tough, while others seem to very, be very fragile. Did you notice that? Yeah. Um, I, I in general, some, uh, most... I saw some uh, uh, people talking about this you know, after finishing the game. I poked around online a little bit particularly because of one thing, which we'll get into. And I saw some people uh, talking about how they think that it's just due to the popularity of particular fables. You know, the, the big bad wolf is, you know, a pop culture icon, essentially. So he'd be very strong while, you know, the other ones wouldn't be as well known. Yeah, it, it seems to come down to I, all of them are a little bit, at least a little bit tougher than normal humans. Um, like, uh, what's his name? Prince Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Like, he gets stabbed and shot, and he still lives for a while afterwards. And not very often do people live after they've been stabbed and shot. Well, unless um, you're the ones that, the ones that are, um, sort of more magical or mystical or have powers of some kind, those seem to be the ones that are much more durable. I mean, hell, the like, big bad wolf, uh, took a fucking beating throughout this game. Yeah, him and the woodsman both have got basically superhuman strength. Well, the woodsman took his axe to the fucking noggin, and then he still lived uh, after uh, Faith. Uh, was it Faith or Bigby that yanked it out of his head? Uh, it was Bigby. Okay, I can't remember who uh, did it, but uh, yeah. Faith grinds it into his skull, and then okay. Bigby pulls it out. Which uh, that's a, a recurring theme as well, you know. Retrieving the axe. <laughs> so, the woodsman in classic fairy tale does not have a name. He's just the woodsman or the huntsman. It depends on which version, version yeah. of the Terry te fairy tale you hear. In later versions, he's been given the name Kirk and Peter. But this is in more modern eras. Yeah, which so. we're talking the grim version of the fairy tale. So, yeah. Right. Nameless. Yep. Also known as Woody. Woody, I like Woody though. It's a good name. Yeah, Woody's kind of a sympathetic character, isn't he? Yeah, he starts out a real dick because he's, well, he's attacking also Faith and drunk and like swearing and calling her lots of names. Did you punch him if he calls her a bitch? Yes, I I did too. Um, how did you play Big B? Did you play him just sort of like the decisions you think you would make in that situation? I, or did I you played try to play him character? as I tried to play him as the character, you know, trying to be. A, a good guy, but having trouble with it. There was okay. one uh, particular decision in uh, episode three that I just did a snap decision on that, but that was Big B also being out of control. And then I played him a lot more strain and error because I saw him as you know being repentant at that point, trying to you know uh, uh, come back from the edge essentially. 
I played Bigby as an asshole with a heart of gold. <laughs> so, so like sympathetic characters, he would be really nice to. But everyone else, he was just a, a an asshole, and I fought a lot of people that I probably didn't have to. Granted, uh, I mean, there's some uh, choices I have made that uh, the options you're given sometimes they come across. Uh, well, it's sort of the L.A. Noir problem of you make a choice. It's like that's not the tone I would expect it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, my Bigby did try and do the right thing in the end, but you know, he was a bastard about it the whole way through. Unless you were a sympathetic character. So I started out being really an asshole to Woody. But as the story goes and you realize that Woody's just like super down on his luck and having a hard time. I started being more nice to him through towards the end. But like I was I was consciously aware of all this stuff going into it. Just because I was like, the first time I played through I just made choices based on what I thought was the right thing to do. See, and I was trying to play the character. And this time I made Big B sort of my own character. I think I was kind of playing him too. But I was definitely being more of an ass than necessary. Um. <clears throat> anyways, carry on. Uh, but you're given the option. Uh, this is, uh, yeah, this is the first uh, major option of uh, giving Faith uh, what money you have based <coughs> on, you know, she's going to get in trouble if she doesn't get that hundred bucks. And the woodsman doesn't have that much <coughs> on him. Actually, he has pocket change, <coughs> and he's been essentially being comped. Yeah, you find that out later that his regular hooker has been. Um, covering, for <clears throat> covering for him because it turns out she likes him. And uh, well, first major choice: did you give Faith the money? Uh, yeah, I gave her the money. Yeah, uh, me too. Of course, uh, I did. This was an eighty-four point five percent thing that you gave uh, Faith money. Anyway, uh, you know, you part uh, ways. You don't <coughs> learn Faith's name right away. Uh, it's a big mystery throughout a good chunk of the first episode of just who this person is. And yeah. you go home to your shitty little apartment in the woodlands, and uh, th- there's a line here, yeah, uh, that uh, Faith says that uh, you're not as bad as people think you are. Yep. And I kind of uh, remember play, that. And I, that's going to be important later. Yeah, and I kind of played <laughs> off that as well. And that's yeah, essentially how I played uh, Bigby, and uh, also being called Mister Wolf by Faith. Anyway, you go home to the smallest apartment in the woodland, which is at an apartment building in Fabletown, which Fabletown is this hidden neighborhood in New York City. Think of it as, well, uh, I guess a New York City's version of Diagon Alley, if you want to go Harry Potter for this. Yeah, uh, it's, it's essentially, not quite exactly that, yeah, but, Diagon Alley is hidden. Yeah, but this is also hidden through magic. If people walk through it, they're kind of uh, confused and just you know, kind of stumble through it, and that's it. Yeah, there has to be something really major that draws the attention of of uh, Mundy's, which is their word for just normal human, mm-hmm. uh, in order for them to actually be aware of where they are. Yeah, Otherwise, but I wanted to make sort like of the uh, yeah the uh, connection there, you know, because it's essentially <clears throat> the same basic idea of a hidden magical community in a major city. Yeah. But anyway, the woodland is the apartment building that uh, Bigby uh, lives in that essentially all the elite and big characters live in, in some degree, with uh, yeah, the more important and uh, more politically powerful towards the top and the penthouse. Or penthouses, I should say. But Bigby lives on the second floor in the shitty little apartment. Yep. 
the smallest, shittiest apartment. And several times they make note to let you know that you're in the shittiest apartment. I don't know why. I, I didn't find it funny, and it doesn't really come into play at any point. At least not that I'm aware of. Well, there is one point that Bigby's like, oh, I do live in the smallest apartment. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I suppose that was the joke. Yeah, that, it, it was setting up for a joke in, like, episode three. Or... Yeah, episode three. I was just looking at my uh, at things, and I'm pretty sure that's episode three. Anyway, uh, it was setting up that joke, and also really kind of hammering home that Big B is only on the very margins of being accepted. Yeah, because the the woodland is essentially you know where all the important people live, and everyone else is kind of fending for themselves. And that's really the theme of this game is sort of a polarizing. Uh, if you're not with the end crowd, you're left out on the street, in some cases literally, and have yep. to fend for yourself however you can. And it shows Fabletown as being a very corrupt government that just really doesn't care about anyone, other than themselves, of course. Yeah. Anyway, you go home and you find someone's crashed in your apartment. Again. Well... Well, before that, there's a choice you have to make. Oh, there is? Uh, because you run oh, into right, right. Beauty outside. Yeah, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, and Beauty's Beauty's going somewhere. You don't know where yet. Yeah, and, and she looks very distressed, uh, you know, hugging herself and trying to you know, not draw attention to herself. But, you know, she uh, is trying to hide from the uh, big bad wolf, and that doesn't work. No, and, and so you ask her, like, what's going on and where she's going, and, and she won't tell yeah, you. Yeah, she's being very she's being really dodgy. And then she asks you to lie to, to Beast and say that you haven't seen her if he asks you. Yeah, and I remain silent <clears throat> at this point. I, uh, I said I would lie to the Beast for her. And then when you go inside, when you're going up to your apartment, you run into the Beast and he asks you where Beauty is and you have a choice to, to say something or not. And I, I did lie to him. I told her I hadn't seen and her. I told, I told him, him I hadn't seen her. Okay. And mine was the 14.7% choice. Right. Which honestly didn't really come into play as much as I thought it would. Do you still have to fight Beast in yes. episode two if you tell him the truth? Okay. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, he that just compl- really yeah, he completely ignores the fact that I was being honest with him. <clears throat> right. So, yeah. False, false choice. Yeah. Which is kind of a theme in Telltale games, but, and, well, really these uh, sort of uh, story heavy, almost, uh, vi- uh, well, not visual novel, but interactive movie games. But then again, there's only so much they could do before choices start to diverge so much that, you know, doesn't really make a lot of sense to produce them. Right. Uh, but. <coughs> uh, you go- so, anyways, now you're at your apartment. Yeah, you go up to your Carry little on. shitty apartment, and you have somebody crouch- uh, uh, crashing on your. Uh, recliner, uh, chair, Colin, one of the three little pigs. Yep, the pig with the house made out of straw. And boy, does he carry a grudge. <laughs> yes, he does. Uh, Colin's a bit of a dick, too. You guys have a back-and-forth conversation where you're both just basically being dicks to each other. Even your nice responses are really sarcastic and kind of mean towards Colin. And you've got a couple of minor choices. You can give him a smoke or not, and you can give him a drink or not. Yeah, which I um, did eventually to both just to shut him the fuck up so the wolf could get some sleep. Yeah, I did the same thing. I ignored him at first, but then I gave him the drink so that I could get some sleep. Yeah, which... I, this is kind of an on-running uh, gag as well, that uh, Colin keeps uh, escaping the farm, which the farm is this place in upstate New York that's far away from Mondays, where all the uh, fables, the, uh, the people of 
different fairy tales and fables that cannot pass for a human and cannot afford a glamour, which is essentially a spell to make them appear human, are sent so they don't cause trouble. Essentially, concentration camp or internment camp, depending on your term, on which term you want to use. Yeah, they make it a point to say that originally the farm was as close to like paradise as they could make it, with the only rule being they couldn't leave and they couldn't, you know, be mean or hurt other fables. But it's implied that as time has gone on, it's, it's become more and more like a, a concentration camp or something along well, those lines. Well, the uh, Book of Fables, a uh, little snippet about it, uh, said that the residents have uh, come to know it for what it really is, a prison. Yeah. So, so. yeah, you go back and forth uh, with uh, Colin, and you finally get probably about 30 seconds to shut off. <laughs> yeah, and then uh, Snow White comes banging down your door, and she's like, I need you, we have to go check something out. Yeah, which uh, Snow White is the uh, deputy mayor's assistant at this point. Yep. She's probably the most main character next to you. Like, yeah. She's the... this. I guess she's the, the protagonist you don't play. Yeah. Because her story is pretty intertwined with yours, and she spends uh, at least half of the game with you. Yeah, pretty much. So you go out to the doorstep of the woodland, which, now that I think about it, the security guard, did you wake him or talk, try to talk to him? I never did. Um, no, you can wake him up, and which I did in my first playthrough. Uh, he's just got, like, some idle conversation. He doesn't give you anything. I left him alone in this playthrough. I just realized that I never saw the security guard not sleeping. Anyway, you go on the doorstep, and there's a coat there. Under the coat? Oh, look, it's the head of a dead hooker. Yep. It is Faith's head, which you still don't know her name yeah, and, yet. Yeah, and in her mouth is the ribbon that she drew attention to in, uh, whenever you met her with a uh, particular ring tied to it. And that's really your first clues about yeah what to do. Yep. And the ribbons are incredibly important throughout the entire story. Mm-hmm. Uh, how much investigating did you do in this area? I investigated the whole area and got everything. Right. I don't think you actually have to, but I went ahead and did well, just because I couldn't it, remember. It becomes a little important to uh, a small uh, uh, revelation at the end. Uh, but you uh, sniffing around, I guess, wolf. Uh, you find a trail of blood leading to uh, the fence that goes to the alley uh, at the side of the woodland, and uh, some blood at the uh, at the pointed uh, top of the fence, and a piece of fabric. Yep. And that's really all that's in the area, I believe. Yeah, that's... I believe that's it. Anyway, uh, you take the head to the business office, which is essentially the mayor's office. And at this point, do you meet Ichabod Crane, or is that later? You do. Okay. You meet him. Yeah, which... Um, and he's basically being a dick to Snow whenever you walk in. Um, and then depending on what you do, you can choose to tell him or not tell him right away what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I chose to tell him right away because, honestly, it seemed like if you uh, didn't, it would just cause things to be worse. And Ichabod Crane seemed to be you know, someone that would make your life visible if he was pissed off. Yeah, he makes your life miserable anyways, because he's an asshole. Yeah. But, yeah, I also told him right away. Um, my first playthrough, I hid it from him, but he finds out by the end of the conversation anyway. And it's kind of unprecedented. Well, not unprecedented, but it's very important because uh, Fables takes uh, so much to kill that it's a little surprising that there's a murder. Yeah. 
They say there hasn't been a murder in like hundreds of years or something like that. Anyway, investigating you uh, also be Bumpkin or Buffkin, which is uh, one of the flying monkeys from Wizard of Oz. <laughs> yeah, and also he's a, a funny character, and also a terrible drunk. <laughs> yeah, dirty drunken monkey, and the magic mirror. I love the magic mirror stuff. Yeah, uh, um, especially it's only a couple of bits. Yeah, especially but the bad Bigby, rhymes. Especially since Bigby is so annoyed having to do the rhyme to uh, get the magic mirror to do any. Yeah, that that's funny. Um, but yeah, so then you're you're trying to figure out what to investigate, where to go, what to do, and um, and uh, you get and a Buffkin goes gets the book of fables, which uh, right, he, which lists all the people. <laughs> That are in Fable Town and have cr- well that have crossed from the uh, the homelands, and also gets a book of magic artifacts since you found a ring. Yep, and you go through those books, and it gives you clues about who to look for. Then after you've done that, you go talk to the magic mirror, and he can show you where each of these people are. You cross a couple off the list right away. Um, you find out that her father is dead, so yeah, he's obviously not a suspect. <laughs> yeah, I-, I love that. Yeah. Okay, well, show me the king. You see a skeletal hand. Well, that crosses him off the list. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you find out that she's married. Uh, Faith is. And so you locate where her husband is. Yeah, and... Then... and well, well, we should say that the ring is uh, essentially the royal seal of uh, her former kingdom. And Faith yeah. is... Uh, it's actually a, it's a fairy tale that I've never really heard of. Uh, the donkey girl. Yeah, I'm, I wasn't familiar a, with that outside well, of this. Well, well, this is important because it's a, a story about a beautiful girl who escapes a forced marriage to her uh, to her father. Actually, after her father yeah. uh, promises her uh, mother uh, to only uh, bury the most beautiful uh, uh, woman in the land, and turns out it's my daughter. Well, well, uh, hey, that's my daughter. <laughs> yep. So she escapes by slaying the. Magic donkey, actually shits gold. <laughs> if I remember the uh, story correctly, that they uh, uh, quickly uh, go over. Yeah, they said that it may- it makes animals shit gold. Uh, she, <laughs> which I thought was funny. Yeah, yeah. She wraps herself in it to conceal her beauty, and it's uh, and the magic is only broken by someone that can see the her inner worth. And she eventually beats, beats the prince of a neighbor kingdom, and they live happily ever after for a while. So, uh, and that story is also very important because there's some things like... Yep. But anyway, you find, uh, you know, her name through the ring and uh, eventually find her husband by association. And her husband appears to be shot with a bloody knife at uh, his feet. Yep. So then you're given, like, your first, like, big choice of where to go first. Because you also get called... That Mr. Toad has something going on, possibly. Uh, you hear a lot of fight in the background, but then he says, oh, never mind, essentially. Yeah. So you have to choose whether to go to Prince Lawrence's apartment first or Toad's apartment first. Where, where did you go first? I went to Prince Lawrence because, well, Toad was kind of a dick to me. Yeah, I, I went to Toad's place first. Well, I, um, well, I went to Prince Lawrence's mostly because he, his whole, oh, never mind. Yeah. It's like, well, well, that cleared that up. Well, go check that out later. So this is your first choice that makes a difference, because if you don't go to Prince Lawrence's first, he dies. 
But if you go there first, he doesn't die. Well, actually, that's not entirely true. Oh. Okay, what happens then? Because I've, uh, I've well, actually never went to Prince Lawrence's first. Uh, okay, this is actually a multi-tiered choice. Because if you go to Prince okay. Lawrence's, there's a chance that you can save him, but you could also still screw it up, and he dies. Okay. Uh, while you're there, you find out that uh, he tried to uh, shoot himself uh, in the heart because he saw, uh, saw himself as just a burden to Faith, and he knew that Faith was doing some unsavory things to tr- uh, try to make ends meet, because typically the people that fall on the edges of society in Fable Town get into the seedier things. And a, a lot of this game revolves around, uh, well, prostitution uh, in some form. Well, he knew that he was just being a burden, and uh, Faith had left him already. And he, he suffers from a lot of depression because of just everything that's happened to him since he had to leave uh, the homelands. So he shoots himself in the heart, or tries to, and actually stabbed himself as well. Yeah. And he missed the heart, and so shot himself in the lung, bled for a while, and passed out. For a week. Which honestly shows, yeah, uh, which uh, kind of throws a wrench in the whole, you know, lesser known fables or, uh, you know, more fragile. But then again, you know, this could be popular overseas and we just don't know it because we're dumb Americans. Yeah. Anyway, while you're uh, talking with uh, Prince Lawrence, uh, someone breaks in, you don't know who yet, and starts rummaging around through their things, uh, through, uh, well, through prince lawrence's things because faith had left uh, before and uh you're told you told prince lawrence just to stay still and play dead because you know there's so much blood everywhere there's a bloody knife there's a uh, gun and uh, prince lawrence puts the gun uh, beside him you know to you know kind of hide it and as this is tweedle d i want to say is rummaging around you see prince lawrence slowly raise the gun to his head and if you don't jump out before he fires prince lawrence is dead even if you go there first. Okay. So it's a multi-tiered choice on saving Prince Lawrence. Uh, anyway, you jump out, uh, try to grab uh, Tweedledee. You have this long chase sequence. Uh, and there's actually a really neat part where you come up to uh, this pair of doors. And there's one ajar, but there's also one that has a number broken on it. And, and it's swinging. And that's the one you have to go through. Otherwise, you lose this trail for a short time. But you eventually, yeah, it's a false fail uh, fail state because you're able to pick back up uh, the trail, but it's a nice little bit of very quick detective work, you know? Yeah. Anyway, you catch up to Tweedledee, <laughs> you're trying to interrogate him, but you forget Tweedle. Oh, shit, there's two of them. And you get jumped. <laughs> yep. Tweedledum knocks you out, mm-hmm. and then you wake up and Snow's there. And she's like, and now, this- uh, well, uh, what are you doing? <laughs> Yeah, and this chase happens regardless of whether you get there first or not, because okay. if you go to Prince Lawrence's second, uh, it's Tweedledee that's hiding in the closet, and whenever you go to open the closet, like, he bursts out and runs away. All right, I wasn't sure if uh, it still happened. It's a little hard to tell sometimes where the paths diverge and then come back together. Yeah. Um, but it, it that one of the scenes that made me probably laugh the hardest for some reason, which is uh, Snow's, like... You know, he knocked you out, and then the other one kicked you in the rib, or kicked you, and while you were down, and well, Bigby's like, yep, that explains the ribs. Yeah, uh, and I don't. Bigby is a I, lovely deadpan snarker. He is. So, um, but yeah, you go through that, and then 
if you didn't go to Toads first, you go to Toads. And Toads doesn't really have much of a difference whether you go there first or second. Uh, I know if you go there second, then uh, Tweedle, the other Tweedle, Tweedledum, um, you went there second. Doesn't he strong arm yeah, TJ? Yeah, he strong armed, uh, well, TJ, Toad Jr., uh, a little bit, yeah. but that's it. Yeah, so TJ's if you go there first, upset. If you go there first, you see Tweedledum rat ransacking face apartment. Um, and he runs away. You don't chase him then, though. He just, like, runs off. And you try and find him, but he, he's gone. He got away. But you stopped TJ from... You, don't, don't you mean the woodsman's? Or, yeah, the woodsman's apartment. Sorry. You're right. My mistake. Anyway, there's a bit of detective work here. <clears throat> Pretty easy overall, even though there's sometimes that the, you know, the choices are not quite as obvious to you know, figure out that Toad's lying. It's a minor thing, really, though. Yeah, the more difficult part is each one of these things you find Toad lying about, you have to pick the correct response to catch Toad. Otherwise, it's like, Toad talked himself out of that one. It's like, it's no, like, you didn't. No, you didn't. It's, it's only because the game allows you, because none of his explanations are good at all. But, I mean, you get three chances to catch him in a lie, and if you catch him in a lie once, you've basically won. Um, yeah, see, I caught him in two and the third. Uh, yeah, it's one of those that Oh, wait, that still doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, I'm pretty sure you win even if you miss all three, because when TJ comes out after he He'll talks to Snow... tell everything, because uh, Snow yeah, he, is in there uh, talking to TJ. Yeah. And, and, and gushing over his bug collection. Yeah, so it's basically, do you get, you know, do you figure it out before it gets told to you? Mm -hmm. Which is fine. Um, but yeah, then he tells you that the, the, the Tweedle came, and Searched the apartment and was looking for Faith's. What was it that he was looking? Was was he looking for Faith's coat or was he looking for something else? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't remember exactly, exactly what, what he was there for. I don't remember what he was looking for exactly either. But he was there looking for something, and he ransacked the woodsman's apartment and came and was going through their stuff and threatening Toad and Toad Junior. Um, and you find out that Toad has Faith's donkey cloak. Yeah, and he gives that to you. Although you don't take it with you. Yeah, you just uh, go through the pockets. Yeah. Uh, and then that's it for that scene, right? Yeah. Then you leave? Yeah, pretty much. You talk to Toad Jr. a little bit, comfort him. Uh, and maybe he remembers it, but yeah, he has a concussion, so... Yeah. Um, then after that... Yeah, you get one more uh, important choice on the drive over uh, to this uh, little bar, the Trip Trap. Yep. Uh, and the choice is, like, who do you think did it at this point in the story? Yeah, I didn't respond. Uh, I said I thought Bluebeard did it, just because he's, like, suspicious and everyone hates him, and I felt like that's who Bigby would point the finger at well, at the beginning with little evidence. Well, see, for <clears throat> me, I uh, took uh, Bigby as doing uh, serious investigative work, and he went, uh, jumped the gun on a, a, a prime suspect without any evidence whatsoever. Uh, and I didn't even though I didn't really like the option of not responding, there was, you know, it felt like the, the best option I had. Even though I wish there was a, 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 you know, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, if you say Bluebeard, Snow agrees with you and you get Garner some favor with her for all the good that does. I don't think it really makes a difference how much Snow likes you or dislikes you the entire story. Yeah, you're story. still going to get blue balled. Yeah. Um, and then you get to the trip trap, 
you're looking for the woodsman, and the trip trap is where Grendel is and Holly the troll. And so you go in, and there's um, just a long conversation sequence where you're talking to the two of them, trying to get them to tell you where the woodsman is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very obvious that he was at least here very recently. There's a you know a half a, a full glass of beer or something on the bar, and yeah, yeah. Everybody uh, is being very dodgy about talking to you. And his picture's up on the wall as one of the regulars. And they're like, yeah, we don't know who the woodsman is. We've never met him before. Um, so, uh, yeah, but you interact with both Holly and Grendel. And Grendel gets pissed off at you no matter what. And you can just sort of determine how pissed off at, he, at you he gets at this point. Uh, I went over and I sat down next to him and just annoyed the shit out of yeah, him. Yeah, I did too. Until Woody comes out of the bathroom. Then and it's like, like this huge oath. And he's like... Hey, Holly, do you know that you're out of paper towels in the... Oh, shit. <laughs> yep. And then you walk over and you talk to the woodsman. Um, and this is where I started to feel sympathetic for him in the story. Or, you know, I, I felt like Bigby did. Because he, like, just starts crying and, like, tells his whole story. Yeah, he talks uh, about how people don't remember his name. He's just the woodsman. Uh, and he was actually the bad guy in the story because he was playing on robbing Grandma. Yeah, but instead he got there and Bigby was already there, so he became the hero. Yeah, and he was only doing it to try to get a reward. Yep. So, you know, you go through the whole story with him, and then you talk about his modern, what's been going on with him, and um, Faith, and what's Holly's sister's name? Lily? Yeah, Lily. Although he doesn't really get into the bit about Lily there, uh, because no one knows that the woodsman is banging Lily. Yeah, but boy, do they find out. And Grin is... I, I don't know if there's a way to avoid the fight with Grin. Because if you aggravate him, basically it brings you to a point where you have to fight him. You don't get another choice. Like, the only option you have at one point is to just punch him in the face. At least that's how it went for me. Yeah, pretty much the same here. Even though, you know, I have to admit, it was kind of satisfying. It was incredibly satisfying. So then you fight with, uh, with Grin... And he transforms, like, immediately mm-hmm. into into Grendel. Um, and you fight for a little... I mean, not very long. And then you sort of halfway transform. Uh, you basically become, like, Teen Wolf. Yeah. Uh, and you fight, and you beat the shit out of him. Yeah, before this, and you, then, you start to get the eyes and the fangs. And actually, Faith asked, Hey, are you supposed to do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you can say... Uh, no, not supposed to. I, I think I said, not if I can avoid it. I think that's what I said to her. But anyways, you fight Grendel, and uh, that like you beat him, and then you have the option to rip his arm off yeah. or leave his arm intact. Yeah, which he uh, and I batters his arm at this point. Yeah, I ripped his fucking arm See, off. See, I didn't. But uh, it all, I think it also made a lot of my interactions with them uh, later easier. Yeah, he really, really carries a grudge if you pull his arm off, which I can't believe him. Or, I mean, I, you know, I can't blame him, but my sort of, like, asshole Bigby is like, I need to make sure that this is never a problem ever again. And so I ripped his arm well, off. Well, uh, did you at least beat him with it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> oh. Anyway, uh, uh, throughout the fight, the woodsman's kind of backing up, and Tweedle... D down one of them uh, comes in the bar and you have your final choice of the episode who to arrest because they both start to bolt and you're looking yep. you're 
do this. Yeah, but I mean, it, it gives you some time to decide which one you're going to do. Yeah, they're doing a but slow it's like, motion thing, and it's like, okay, who are you going to go after? Yeah, and I arrested Woody. Yeah, I went after the woodsman. Uh, my main thing, even though the uh, Tweedle was covered in blood at the time, I looked at it as he already escaped once. He's just going to lead me into another trap, most likely. Turns out he wouldn't, but, you know, just grabbed Woody. Uh, yeah, because, you know, he's the easier mark and, you know, get some info out of him, most likely. And you're, start- yeah. and you're starting to take him back to the business office. And Woody's pissed about this because, you know, oh, what, what are you arrested me for? The other guy was covered in blood. <laughs> yeah. And there's policemen all around the woodland. So you chain Woody to the light post, uh, come up to, uh, uh, to the doorstop, and there's Snow's head. Same as Faith's. Yep. And episode ends. Yep. That is the end of episode one. Um, anything, I mean, we, we went through it pretty thoroughly, but anything that we missed that you want to talk about, a, a choice you made about something else, or are we good to move to episode two? I think we're pretty good to uh, move on to episode two. I think it's a good establishment of the world overall. It, between it and uh, the Book of Fables, uh, just the little snippets of uh, lore throughout the game, which good. I wish they introduced it in the game a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, it gives a good background on exactly what's going on, uh, for the most part. Granted, you don't unlock everything unless you make particular choices. So I would say that I have probably about a dozen left, or no, probably not quite a dozen, but somewhere in that ballpark that I didn't unlock because I didn't make particular choices or I didn't examine the right thing at the right time. Let's see. Which is I've a, got a bit annoying. I've got almost everything in two playthroughs. Obviously, there were a few things that I didn't get, but... Um, I went back and I checked, and there was only, like, three or four things I was missing. So, I had two fairly different playthroughs, apparently. I don't remember tons about my first playthrough, just, like, the major decisions. Created, and uh, occasionally, like, failing. Most of it's probably not major story stuff. They probably had it where all the, you know, really important stuff are is on the main story anyway, but it would have been nice to have uh, all the uh, extra content uh, go throughout. Yeah. All right. Episode two? Yep, episode two. All right, episode two is titled Smoke and Mirrors. So episode two, like its little splash, picks up right at the end of episode one, um, like where you see the head. But then uh, it play, I think it plays the intro or it cuts to black, and then you're in a police office. Um, yeah, because... An NYPD you, police yeah, office. Yeah, because you crossed the police line to get there. Yep. And one of the... There's a detective that's questioning you. And she's never seen again unless you go through Tweedledee and Tweedledum's filing cabinet. And for some reason, there's a file on her, but she literally never comes up again in the story. Yeah, supposedly, uh, she was going to be a bigger arc, but uh, they just dropped it. Which probably is for the best, because this is a pretty tight game. I think it would have added some unnecessary stuff unless they had a very different storyline in mind, because... Yeah. Yeah. Or this could come up in season two, you know? Yeah. Um, but she's interrogating you, and you have the option to... I mean, you you can't answer any of her questions, like, really answer them. You can, you know, just be silent. You can be sarcastic, or you can be, like, a dick to her. I just smoked. <laughs> like, that was one of the one of the options, is just to smoke. And, like, I just smoked every question she asked. 
I think I was sarcastic with her one time. Um, but then uh, Ichabod Crane comes in, and he's got uh, a spell that is going to give them all uh, 24 hours. Or th- they forget the last 24 hours and go into uh, like a forced sleep for a little while so that you can escape without having to reveal anything to the Mundies. And then you're on a car ride back to the woodland with Ichabod Crane. And he's talking a lot about what's going on. And you have a, an opportunity to either like accuse him of not caring and, and being like a dick and an asshole and stuff. You can sympathize with him or you can basically just sit quietly through the whole car ride. Uh, and I was somewhere between indifferent and sympathetic. Yeah, it's called uh, what I did sympathetic, even though it was. Uh, it felt more like it was uh, Bigby talking about how he's going to miss her than anything yeah, else. Yeah, that was that was what I did. I didn't sympathize with him, but I felt like Bigby in this situation wouldn't be being like railing on Ichabod just because. I mean, Bigby's got a crush on Snow White, so he's really sad about her. Yeah, blue ball being Bigby. Dead. Um, but so anyways, then you get back to the woodland, uh, and Bluebeard is interrogating whoever it is that you arrested. For us, it was a woodsman, but it could be Tweedledee as well. Um, and you show up and you take over the interrogation from Bluebeard. And Bluebeard is basically torturing him. Like, it's implied that he's torturing him. Um, you don't really get to see very much of that. Unless, I guess, maybe you could, like, give the interrogation back over. Because there's times when Bluebeard tries to take back over, but... I mean, obviously, Bigby's... Yeah, I told him to fuck correctly and completely off. Pretty much me too. And there's there's a couple ways you can go about this. You can either basically also torture whoever it is that you've uh, arrested, or you can be nice to them. Um, like, the woodsman asks for a smoke, and he asks to have some of his alcohol. Yeah, see, I was, it is uh, he's got. I was nice to the woodsman, particularly because, uh, yeah, the woodsman kind of spilled about uh, his uh, story overall. Yeah, I was. Yeah, too. he tried to run, I, but can't really blame him. Yep, can't blame him there either. And I, I also was was nice to him. But I did, and was, uh, I was able to persuade him to talk in the end. Me too. And then things start to get out of hand because Bluebeard thinks that you're doing a shit job, and I punched that asshole right in the face. Oh yeah, it felt good. Then. And and started to fight him. Yeah, I hated Bluebeard. Um, but I started to fight him, and then, lo and behold, Snow White shows up, and everyone's like, oh my god, you're not dead, what the hell's going on? But to be fair, if you read the comics, you would know Snow White wouldn't be dead, because she's a major character in the comics. Yeah. But see, yeah. I hadn't read it, uh, but I was I was expecting another head when all the cops were around, and I was expecting, okay, female characters we have in this game, hmm, alright, well, Snow White, pretty much, because... Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't expecting her to not be dead, but I hadn't read the comics. So that was the bigger surprise to me. But, yeah, not as much because uh, I, I wasn't spoiled on it, but, yeah, it felt like, you know, something is off here. Yeah, I mean, obviously I was spoiled on it because I had played through once. But the first time I played through the game, I hadn't read the comics, so I didn't know that Snow White wasn't dead. And I was like, holy shit, that's a bold choice to kill Snow White. Because there's no indication, like, it's played straight, so there's no indication that um, Snow White's going to be alive. And I, I didn't spoil myself on the game on purpose, so I was surprised that she was still alive, like, pleasantly surprised. Because Snow's a, a good character. Um, but anyway, she shows up and is like, what's going on here? Like, she's upset that you were um, 
She treats it like you were torturing Woody, whether or not you specifically were. Well, to be fair, you- to be fair, she comes in and does see Woody bloodied. That's true. And she knows that Bigby does have a, a tendency to go overboard a little bit. Uh, yeah. And, well, Bluebeard's there, and, you know, he's an asshole, so. Yeah, nobody likes Bluebeard, though. Except Bluebeard. Except maybe Ichabod Crane? I don't think we ever find out whether or not he likes Bluebeard. He, he likes Bluebeard's money. Yeah. Um, but so, she reveals that uh, you have a body. TJ found the body in the river, or the lake, uh, and reported it, and they brought the body in. And you talked to TJ about it, and you can push him hard, you can be kind to him. Yeah, I was kind to him. I was too. It doesn't... I, I actually examined the... You can examine the body first, or you can talk to TJ I, I first. Examined I examined the body, the body yeah. first. Yeah, that seemed to be the better uh, option. Or, yeah, the more realistic option not to, you know, just talk to TJ first, examine the body, then yeah, if there's questions that pop up, gotta talk to TJ again. Yep. Exactly. Uh, plus, I mean, that would be, you know, that's traumatic for a child, so you don't want to push him too hard. Talking to him twice might be a bad idea. Yeah, that's almost like I don't you're, know if you uh, could... you're a shrink or something. Almost. I don't even know if you could talk him twice, because after you finish talk, well, you, I guess you could, because when you finish talking to him, you can tell him that they have to stay, or you can let them go. Mm-hmm. But since I'd already examined the body, I just went ahead and let them leave. Uh, when you're examining the body, though, you find... Among other things, uh, you find another ribbon. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find a flower, which is important a little bit later on. Yeah, which uh, uh, there's an option that you may not be able to find the flower because the, you have to pry uh, the rigamortis hand open. And yeah. Snow looks a little creeped out. Granted, she does still look like Snow at this point. Yeah, she does still look like Snow at this point. Uh, then you also find a glamour tube, which are these little... I mean, just these little sort of puzzle boxes that have glamour inside of them. Yeah, um, which the glamour is, it, well, in this case, uh, a lock of Snow White's hair and a photo of Snow White uh, torn in half, which uh, it was one of the last photos that uh, she had, or it was the last photo she had with her, uh, her sister, Red Rose. Yes, I think so. Even though Red Rose never shows up in this game. No, Red Rose is in the comics. Yeah, and I imagine, yeah, may show up in season two. Yeah. Um, so, you, you discover all that stuff, then you recognize that the glamour is, like, a cheap knockoff. It's not as good as the ones that you get officially. Uh, so then that brings up, like, oh no, someone's making... Yeah, black market glamour. Essentially black market uh, to, glamour. But to be fair, uh, Buffkin does uh, point out, technically there is no law against it. Correct. Um, so then, uh, and you also find this weird uh, symbol that uh, was on the body while it was still glamoured. They right. uh, are a little puzzled by that because it should have uh, been concealed, but they're thinking that maybe it was put on the body after, or yeah, you know, it was it wasn't part of the glamour. It was a memento yeah. of some sort, right? Oh uh, no, that was a a, a pen yeah, or a, pen. a pendant, um, which that is if. Uh, and they also find track marks on the legs. Yeah, Show- showing that she was using drugs. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then the glamour wears off while they're examining the body. And you find well, out well, that it's a you, troll. Whenever you open up the glamour tube. Right. Um, and you see that it's a troll. And I forget who it is that identifies her as Lily. Uh, there's a couple options. You could uh, identify her based on the tattoos on the body. 
or uh, or I think Snow eventually makes the connection that wait a minute, there's a troll messing. I think Snow was the one who figured it out uh, with me because I definitely don't remember getting it from examining. Yeah, the yeah. For me, I said uh, uh, must uh, be Holly's sister, and it was and I got it from the tattoos. Um. So then Ichabod Crane shows up, and he's basically like, "What the fuck? Two murders are going two on in as many days." Yeah, and then he he doesn't really yell at you. He just is kind of a dick to you, and then tells you you need to find out more information and and go find it out. So then you you go, and if you haven't talked to TJ, you can go talk to TJ. And he basically just confirms the story and tells you a, a few extra details to help you piece together in your mind what's going on so that you can start figuring it out before the characters do. Mm-hmm. And then you send them on their way. Uh, and then you go to leave, and uh, you get another choice. Uh, Ichabod, or Snow wants to go with you, and Ichabod Crane is like, no, she can't yeah, do too that. Dangerous. It's too dangerous. And you can choose to... Uh, say that Snow can't go you can tell her to make her own like she's a big girl she can make her own decisions and I can't remember what the third choice was there's a third Probably choice be though quiet, because that's a lot of times the third choice okay um, but yeah I, I, I let Snow make her own decision yeah I let her make her own decision as well and it uh, counted as let Snow come with me which is 91.9% chance or, or yeah. yeah well not chance but you know uh, people playing this one of the more popular choices. Yep. Uh, so that after that, then you guys leave. Um, let's see, where is it that you go? Uh, you go to... Back to the trip trap. Yep. Uh, you were going to go uh, tell Holly. Yep, you go tell Holly what happens. Uh, and if you pull Grin's arm off, he is very much like, get the fuck out of this bar. I hate you. I never want to see you again. See, because I uh, didn't, uh, well, disarm him. Uh, uh, I was able to talk my way in pretty easily, actually. Yeah. Um, also, there's a new character in there, Jack. Is it from Jack and the Beanstalk, Jack? Let's see. I'm, I'm on the I, I think he's uh, little Jack Horner. No, it's Jack from oh, okay, Jack and the okay, Beanstalk. Okay, I can't remember which Jack it is because there's a few of them. Um, but Jack is, is a pretty big dick who kind of antagonizes everybody. And there's a couple ways you can choose to respond to him. Given that I was already in trouble with Grin, I kind of just let everything that he said slide. But you can be a dick to him and kick him out of the bar yourself. Although Holly eventually kicks him out. I threw Jack out of the bar, and it felt good. (laughs) And that, I think, also got me props with the bar. Yeah, I I let him stay until Holly told him to get the fuck out. Yeah, I think uh, towards the end they were about to put my photo up on the bar. Nice. Were they actually about to do that, or are you just no, saying I'm that? I'm just saying that, but uh, I, okay. but they pretty much liked me. Yeah, they don't. Af- after this, like, if you're really nice and gentle with Holly and allow Snow to help, um, they are at least pretty neutral with you by the end if you've ripped Grin's arm off, because that really puts you in a bad way with them. Like, if you continue to be really scary and an asshole, they're afraid of you. And will basically do whatever you say because they're worried about getting killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that on my first playthrough. I just kept going with that because I pulled Grin's arm off in my first playthrough too. But I- I'm such a good thing. Otherwise, otherwise you can just be uh, nice to them, and they're they're basically neutral with you at this point if you're nice to them. Uh, one choice that I, it's not listed here, but did you tell Holly about Woody and Lily? No, I didn't. 
I did. Oh boy. Uh, it honestly doesn't make much of a difference. Yeah, they find out anyway, and Woody isn't there at the time to defend himself. Right. Because Woody's still a little arrested at this point. Yeah. Yeah, um, she finds out have... uh, naturally throughout the course of things, uh, going through uh, Lily's stuff later. Yeah. And it doesn't um, really make an impact either way. After that, though, Holly lets you know that Lily was a prostitute at the Pudding and Pie... Which is a, a nightclub in Fable Town. Yeah, by Georgie uh, Porgy. Yep. And you go there. Well, uh, well and... you also have a minor choice here of what to do with the body. Which just uh, play out a little bit. Oh, okay. Um, I promised Holly that they could do the proper funeral. Yeah, I did too. Which turns out badly later because Ichabod Crane winds up throwing it down the witching well regardless of what you do mm-hmm. or say so she's really pissed at you if you promised her the yeah, body yeah but yeah but uh, in my playthrough i told her that you know i i tried and uh, ichabod had already done it and she accepted that and was uh, nice to me again see i did that too but because i was only basically neutral with them she's like yeah well you're still an asshole yeah she just accepted it for me i think basically she says something along the lines of well, that's fine, but you shouldn't make people promises you can't keep, asshole. Yeah, she said... Basically, that's yeah, how she, that plays out. She said nothing like that to me. Yeah. Um. So then you go to the pudding and pie, and Snow White is like, you know what? Maybe you should take care of this by yourself. I'm gonna go do something else. And so she leaves, and you go to the pudding and pie, well, look, and tips. meet... Yeah. The breasts are exposed for our pleasure. Yeah, she's... Uh, I completely... Yeah, I did not expect to see that. <laughs> yeah, she's very, uh, very topless. There's nips and everything. For several minutes, you keep seeing this. Yeah, well, like, well, when even, you walk in, uh, well, even the art on the walls has it, so... Yeah, but when you walk in, you can just stand there for a minute and watch her dance. It's a it's a stripper. She's... I don't know if she's auditioning or if she's practicing She's practicing. Um, but, I mean, you can watch her tits exposed for several minutes because basically that plays on a loop until you go interact with them yeah, essentially just and in then, a thong isn't she yeah she's just wearing a thong uh and then multiple times throughout that conversation like the camera angle will allow you to see her just fully exposed yeah disney would have had an aneurysm at this point <laughs> on on the one hand i mean like i don't have a problem with yeah, it i don't either it's just yeah it was uh, it fits the scene and it fits the tone but it's just like wow this is surprising yeah yeah, especially for but, a Telltale game. Granted, uh, yeah. you know, they did do Game of Thrones, so I imagine there's probably tits in that. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in Game of Thrones. Maybe I mean, they're practicing you know, for Game of Thrones. It's like, okay, we need to warm up uh, our tits, you know? Yeah. Yeah, we can't have pokies here. But, so anyways, you have this conversation with Georgie, uh, trying to get information out of him. And there's multiple ways you can approach it. You can be an ass to him. You can yeah, you're, uh, assault yeah, him. Yeah, you eventually just go around the club and uh, yeah, threaten various parts of it. I did uh, yeah, hit a few things. Yeah, I actually didn't destroy anything this time. The first time I played through, I destroyed the whole club. Uh, and the second time, I was like, I wonder if it plays out any differently if you don't destroy the club. Well, see, I, I flipped the keg, which uh, revealed the uh, floor safe, which he yeah, plays off that yeah, well, it was here when we got here, which, yeah, uh, yeah, Bigby could have ripped that fucking thing open and been done with this. Yeah. Even if you choose not to, like, throw the keg, you still, like, uh, sort of 
kick it back with your foot, like you're gonna kick it over, mm-hmm. and then you see the floor safe that way, and then Bigby just moves it out of the way if you choose not to destroy the keg. But uh, eventually, you uh, convince him, let's say, to uh, get the key and open the safe and give you the book that has all of the the records of yeah, the, because, the customers. Yeah, because Clever Hans, uh, the bouncer, who actually really wants to dance. <laughs> I, I imagine you would love Clever Hans. Clever Hans is incredibly attractive. Uh, he's, no, well, he's not very clever. And uh, whatever Georgie says, well, I don't know uh, what they do. I'm, uh, they essentially freelance. George And uh, Clever Hans is like, but what about your book? It's like, book? Yeah, what about your book? Yeah. Um, so you look in the book, and it's fill- full of fake names. Mr. Smiths and Mr. Johns and <laughs> Mr. Johnson. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Oh, my. Um, and... You know, you're like, who's Mr. Smith? And oh, Georgie's huh? like, eh, I don't know. There's the book's full of Mr. Smiths, and you're like, all right, good point. Uh, but then you talk to. Well, you also see, okay, there's also a list of numbers. Yeah, which you don't exactly know what those are. And then you see that the girls' dressing room is open, and there was a, so you go and back there was in a there. girl, uh, yeah, peeking around the corner, uh, looking at you. Right. And so you go in the girls' dressing room, and you can explore around, and you can find some more evidence about Faith and stuff in there. But the main draw in that room is Nerissa, who is the Little Mermaid. Mm-hmm. Or she says she's the Little Mermaid. Yeah, she is the Little Mermaid. And this is uh, the not ha- happily ever after Disney version. And she has real legs in the original version. Her legs were painful. Uh, the Book of yeah. uh, Fables says that it's essentially the uh, equivalent of walking on sharp glass. Yep. Um, so anyways, you, uh, you you speak to her and a- ask her these questions her and lips she are keeps sealed. repeating the, the f- yeah, that's the phrase that goes along with the ribbons, which which this is, uh, this is the out. first time you've heard this because if you ask the magic mirror about Faith, even though you don't know her name at the time, uh, the magic mirror says, my lips are sealed and can't show yeah. her anything. Which is weird. And that has to to do with the ribbons. You find that out for... I mean, it's... You're pretty... Like, I think you could figure it out pretty quickly. Well, you know that there's a but, spell that's uh, keeping them quiet, but you don't know what it's attached to yet. Right. But you found out later that it's the ribbons that prevents them from being able to, even though, to say certain things and do certain things. Even though you could probably guess it's at least associated with the ribbons based on, uh, you know, faith drawing attention to it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so she figures out a way to tell you where to go to find out what's going on. Yeah, she, uh, with grabs her own money and pretends that, yeah, her and Bigby are about to have a, a fun evening. And hands him a key to a room of a sleazy motel a few, bo- uh, a few doors down. Or a few blocks down. Yeah, nearby. Yeah. And as you're going down the street, uh, you see cops coming out of there and uh, with uh, hookers that have it a grand old time. And when you go in, oh, look, it's Beauty. Yep. And you have a little conversation with her. And she's, uh, uh, and not, do- she's not hooking, but she's uh, working the front, ta- uh, front desk, trying to feel somewhat clean about it. Yep. Then she takes you upstairs, and she's got a master key to all the rooms. 
Uh, and you can look in the rooms, and you can look in 204, which is the key that you have, and there's nothing in there. There's a room where there's two people banging, which you can go in, but they're like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? Get uh, out of here. Anything? So I, you just I leave. I didn't even go in there. No. Um, if you kick down the door, you can see, like, two people, <laughs> but you can't really make out who they are, and they're like, what the fuck? And if you just, like, open the door gently, they yell, who's that coming in? And you're like, sorry. I know that you're able to sit there and listen for a while. Yeah. And boy, are they energetic. Uh, they're definitely going at it. There's two other rooms you can look in, which both of them are empty. And Beauty gets pissed off at you if you keep opening all the doors. Then you go to a- open the actual room you need to get into, which is 207. And her key doesn't open the door. Like, she's supposed to have a master key. Yeah, she's and a little confused in. because, yeah. It doesn't it, open. Uh, it's not opening and she doesn't understand. Yeah. Um, and then Beast shows up. And boy, is he pissed. And he's really upset. And also slightly he thinks drunk. That, yeah, he thinks that you and Bo- uh, Booty, you and Beauty are having <laughs> well, an affair. Well, to be fair, Booty isn't wrong. That's true. That's true. But he thinks that you and, and Beauty are having an affair. And this happens regardless of if you're honest with him or not. Because uh, and it completely ignores the fact that you told him the truth. And he still thinks that, you know, you're doing something behind his back. Yeah. Uh, so then you get into a fight with him. Which ultimately knocks down the door to the room. Now, that, before we get to that, there's a choice that, for some reason, it thinks is important. But did you keep punching Beast while he was down? No, I didn't. Or did you not hit him anymore? Okay, I didn't. During that fight, though, you totally gouge out his eyes. Well, like, be... 100% you gouged out his eyes, but his eyes are fine. Well, to be fair, Fables do take a hell of a beating. And that's not the that's first true. time you grab eyes. That's true. And that's not the last. Or grab ass. <laughs> But uh, then you break down the door and you reveal uh, a murder scene. A murder scene. Like, the bed is covered in blood. There's flowers everywhere, which are the same flowers that you found if you pried open Lily's hand. And there's an orgy of evidence in this room. Um, Then it cuts to Ichabod Crane and he's watching you on the magic Uh, Oh No, 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 no. It doesn't do that immediately. Oh, it doesn't? You have to investigate. Oh, I thought the investigation was at the start of the next episode. No, no, no. The investigation is uh, here. Uh, I oh, okay. think. My, my, let's see. Let me quickly glance at the synopsis. Because, I mean, I'm doing all this from memory. I didn't take any notes. Uh, because if uh, memory serves, uh, it uh, ends with uh, Ich uh, with uh, Bigby finding the photos. And then uh, Ichabod's watching them. And that's... You're and right. That's I just glanced end, at the synopsis. at the end and, of the uh, uh, investigation. Because... You're going through this, and you find a storybook of the Monday version of Snow White. With, right. Uh, with so, the yeah, dress, right. uh, the apple, you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah, it, it's the end of episode two where you do the investigation. I just got that mixed up in my mind. Because episode three does pick right yeah, back up with you in the murder room. Well, but, So I, I just got that mixed up in my mind. Yeah. You, but anyway, so yes, you investigate the room. And yeah, you, you find like, out oh, that... I found these flowers. Yeah, you find out, essentially, this is playing out the Monday version of uh, Snow White. Where uh, you're, uh, where she uh, eats the poison apple, falls into an enchanted sleep, and is kissed uh, by the handsome prince, and woke up. And you start, and you find this. And you know, well, you find the apple. You find uh, some wine. Uh, you find a, a dress that's seen better days, even before a murder happened, because yeah, uh, I, I guess yeah, you know, she slept through it. She likes it rough. And that's actually one of the things you can say whenever you're comparing evidence. You can tell beauty, like, I guess they like it rough. <laughs> yeah, see, I didn't. Uh, I wasn't uh, that much of a dick to her. 
No, I, I mean, I, I, I played it out straight and got like all three comparisons correct, which they're not that hard to yeah, get right. Yeah, I mean, right. pretty much if you uh, uh, read the uh, storybook and you know, notice the flowers, it's easy to see, oh, well, uh, obviously what's going on here. Yeah. And uh, Beauty was very impressed by my detective skills. Yes, she was impressed by my detective skills as well. Despite the fact that it didn't really take very much detectiving to figure out exactly what happened. Oh, Dr. Watson could have figured this one out. <laughs> um, but, so uh, then, once yeah. you've done that... After uh, you it, find the dress, you uh, see uh, some uh, package of photos on the ground, and you open it up, and the very last photo is the enchanted sleep snow white and massive sarcasm quotes and Ichabod Crane and Ichabod Crane's watching the magic mirror he finds out oh shit Big B knows smashes it and runs off yep he uses the magic lamp from Aladdin to smash the magic mirror yeah which uh, Big B at one point uh, uh, says well we went to the genius read I guess it's just pretty much a standard lamp rubs it anyway though yeah which is which is extra sad because now Robin Williams is no longer with us. Yeah. And when this game was both made and the last time I played it, he was. So, like, I chuckled at it the first time, and then this time playing throughout, I went, well, oh. Genie's been freed. The genie's, the genie's out of the bottle. And then that's the end of the episode. Any Anything to add? Uh, well, because, to it, because it had to resolve uh, the first uh, cliffhanger and the uh, the interrogation lasted a bit long it did feel like this one dragged on like you said yeah episode two felt the longest i don't actually think it was the longest episode i need to look at my wolf among us playlist actually and that'll give me a rough idea of how long that they were well uh, episode four is only showing four major choices maybe i missed one copying them uh but uh, it has the fewest choices uh about one actually episode one is the longest in terms of time-wise to play, and then episode two is pretty much right on track with the rest of them at this about an just, hour and uh, 20, because, 25 minutes for me. Because it has that aha got you moment, maybe it just felt longer, you know? I mean, it felt longer. I would have I would have bet money before I went and double-checked the times so that episode two was the longest. But it, it just feels long. Um, but anyways, yeah. I don't think I have anything else to add. Although, before we get to episode three, I need to take a short break, if that's okay with you. Alrighty. Okay. And we're back from a short break to dive into episode three, which is titled A Crooked Mile. Do you want to take this one since I did the last one, or Uh, do you want me to um, go through this one as well? I'm trying to remember. We pretty much immediately uh, go after Snow, uh, which is uh, she's delivering the eulogy at Lily's funeral. Right, so you go, you run downstairs, and Beast is there, and he's like, what's going on? That was a dead body, and uh, no, no, basically there, I told Beast to fuck well, off. Well, there's no body, but yeah, yeah there's blood well, everywhere. Yeah, yeah whatever. And I, I basically was like, Beast, I don't have time for this now. Fuck off. And Beauty tells you that they were going to do, I think it's Beauty, tells you they were going to do the funeral. Um, and so you go to the funeral to go find Snow and make sure that she's okay, because you're worried that uh, Ichabod was the one who committed the murder, of faith, yeah. which you find out later he didn't, but I mean, like right off the well, bat, like well, it seems pretty well, you're obvious. You're wondering about Lily at this point because, yeah, you know, this is uh, also a little bit fresher. And oh, sorry, Lily, not yeah. Faith. My, my bad, I said the wrong name. Yeah, you're not uh, sure. Uh, uh, you think they may have killed her, but at, at the same time, I was uh, having doubts about uh, Ichabod pretty much from the start because why? Yeah, because just a pure lack of motive because. 
Yes, he's a fucking creep and has fuck fantasies about Snow White. But to be fair, Bigby's not too far behind. Yeah. It, the, obviously, this time I knew who it was and wasn't. But even the first time I played through, I was like, I don't feel like this is Crane. Maybe I, I thought he was a creep and yeah, wanted to bring him in for other things, but... Yeah, I was thinking the first time I played through, like, somehow maybe Bluebeard, just because of the way they talk about him. And back in episode one, there's, like, a folder you can look at where Bigby makes a couple comments about yeah. Bluebeard. Yeah, which, uh, um, Bluebeard is this very suave-looking businessman, essentially. Yeah, I have to say, uh, I forgot to mention this in the no-spoilers part, but... There are a lot of shared voice actors between this and The Walking Dead mm-hmm. because it, Walking Dead was first, it, it, like in you know this lineup, it was Walking Dead, and then Wolf Among Us, and they used a lot of the same voice actors. Uh, and Bluebeard is the main character from The Walking Dead, the same voice actor. I thought you sounded familiar, but I couldn't quite place him. But then again, didn't really care about The Walking Dead, so yeah, he's got more of like a. Um, like an aristocratic, snobby tone in his voice. Wait, wait, wait. This, uh, as I, I think to... I have the proper term for this. What? Blue blood. <laughs> Hi-yo. Uh, uh, it's not wrong. Yeah, he's... No, he's got, he's got more of that tone as compared to The Walking Dead, but it's the same voice actor. And then the voice actor who did the little girl in The Walking Dead, who I can't remember her name. Clementine. Um, Clementine. The voice actress that did Clementine does two or three characters in The Wolf Among Us. She does the Clementine voice for TJ, and then there's one or two other characters that hit, I'm pretty positive it's her. But anyway, sorry, that was a, a digression. I just had to bring this back, or had to bring that up. Anyway, uh, you have a couple things here uh, at uh, Lily's funeral. One is that Prince Lawrence shows up if you saved him. Yeah, uh, which I y- You're able to talk to him a little bit. He's essentially just trying to find closure for Faith as well. Because it's a similar, very similar circumstance. And you're thinking maybe Ichabod's involved with this as well at this point. But the yeah. major choice here is if you interrupt Snow White giving a eulogy or not. And I didn't. I also did not. It seemed like a dick uh, move. Yeah, it gives you enough time, too, to go look at all the pictures on the table. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to do that because I was talking uh, to... Uh, to Lawrence and that uh, ate up time. So you're going to have to tell yeah. me about that. I mean, there's nothing major on there. There's some letters and cards written by people uh, sympathizing and sort of saying their last words to her or trying to support Holly. Uh, and then there's a couple pieces. Like, there's a big-ass helmet um, that's very reminiscent of the Skyrim helmet. You know, the iconic one. Uh, which I had completely forgotten but it's there loud and proud um and then there's a couple other little trinkets of of lilies but nothing major or that matters to the story so it's just like a little bit of extra like backstory about what's going on there if you take the time to examine yeah, it see i didn't get a chance to examine it because i was talking to prince lawrence and he was there essentially trying to find closure yeah and, uh, that, i think um, that's actually the last time you run into prince lawrence outside of the very end of the game and he's just kind of there, and he doesn't really get any focus whatsoever. So this is kind of the send-off for Prince Lawrence. Which, once again, is pretty standard through this style of game, where if you have a secondary character that could die, but you're able to save, usually there's one sort of scene with them to, you know, give them a sort of send-off. Uh, it's like, hey, you're not dead. 
Let's wrap things yeah. up. Yeah. Uh, then after the eulogy, Snow comes and she talks to you. And I had issues with Holly and Grin because obviously I had pulled Grin's arm off. And they're like, you know, we want you fucking gone. You're nothing but a troublemaker. See, were, trouble follows you everywhere. Yeah, they were concerned about me being there. They uh, thought I would uh, cause trouble because I was there. But were all were kind of all right about me being there. Granted, a little yeah. wary of it, but can't blame them. Yeah, and... And Snow's like, as soon as we talk, he'll leave. And so then we go, and I talk to Snow, and I tell her what's up. And uh, I was honest with Snow. Yeah, I was honest I don't with think her as well. Uh, it, it's uh, not a major uh, choice, but you're able to show her the picture. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I showed. Her, I was honest. I showed her the picture, let her know what was up. Um, and boy, does and she then, do a 180 on Crane, because she was trying to, to defend him for quite a while. Yeah. Um... You're you're going to leave, and then I forget who it was that comes up to you, Narissa or the Tweedles. I don't think we. Well, no, before that, and they're like, "Hey, we need to do the rest of the eulogy," and then she's like, "Okay, after the eulogy, we'll leave." And then the Tweedles show up while you're hanging out at the back. Yeah, out and of the also, way. Uh, well, also at this point, you find out that Crane tossed the body down the well. So uh, they they were a little upset about that, but were more upset with Crane than uh, than they were with me. Vivian is is the other girl uh, I was trying to think of. Vivian shows up in episode two at, as yeah, one Georgie of the. Porgies. Yeah, and it, at this point, all you know about her is that she's just like one of the hookers. You get the sense that she's like the head hooker, but you don't understand the 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 role that she plays until later. She's a major character or a much larger character than just the head hooker. Actually, I don't think she is a hooker. She's just a stripper. Yes, but that's something you don't find out okay. until later, I don't think. I think it's just, like, you're led to assume well, that she also is a hooker. Because she's one of the, you know, she also has the ribbon around her neck. And so far, all the ribbon girls have been hookers. Well, they also so, uh, said that some of the girls uh, uh, do hooking on the side. They yeah. didn't say all of them, so. That's true. I, I don't think it explicitly says what she does until later, and you could believe it either way. I think is how that's set up. Regardless, it doesn't really matter that much at this point. It's not until episode four or maybe even five when you realize how important she is. Yeah, yeah, it's really not till the end of her story arc. Yeah. So, anyways, the the Tweedles show up. They've got shotguns to your back and they're threatening you, um, and they're trying to get you to cut a deal to leave Ichabod Crane alone. Yeah, essentially go to and your I office be- and uh, twiddle your thumbs. Eh, yeah, eh. and I I told him eh. I told him to fuck off. Yeah. Yeah, same here. Um, and then everyone else comes up, and they're like, what are you doing here? And they're like, oh, we were just making a deal with Big B. And I said, nope. I think it's Snow. And I was like, nope. Hell no, I'm not making a deal with you guys. And then a fight breaks out. Um, Grendel and uh, Rose turn into, well, Grendel and a troll, respectively, um, and start fighting the Tweedles. And you go uh, Teen Wolf and fight as well. Um, and I don't know if there's a way to get out of this without everybody getting shot, but uh, Big no, B, I got shot. Yeah, Big B, Grendel, and Rose all yeah, get shot. I thought Rose was dead. Yeah, I thought I I'm, I thought Grendel and Rose were uh, dead. Well, uh, Grendel was still moving, but Rose just uh, yeah collapsed. And I thought, oh, well, well, there goes her head. Okay, that's something that's slightly different because since I tore Grendel's arm off, I guess he's already injured and he just collapses too. Yeah, see, for me, he didn't just collapse. Yeah, once he gets shot the first time, he goes down, and he's out. And then they shoot Rose in the gut, and 
shoot you and and run away. Yeah, in my game, it looked like they shot her in the head. Uh, either the head or the upper body, so maybe that's slightly different as well. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure. There are, there are lots of little minor changes that don't really make a difference. It, Telltale does a pretty good job of putting in little things that don't really make much of a difference, but they make it feel like a different story. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, effectively, there's no difference in what happens to them, but, you know, I mean, she was very clearly shot in the gut in mine, and you're saying she was shot more in, like, the chest or the head. So that's just a little difference. Which is nice. Nice little attention to detail. Um, but anyways, the Tweedles, uh, they get away, and you go through the, the intro, and then it picks back up, and Dr. Swinehart is patching you up. Yeah, this is not gonna and, be, uh, happening again, huh? Yeah, no, when, this is, Big B is gonna listen to the doctor's orders and never get shot again. Uh, it, where, does Dr. Swinehart appear in any... I'm not sure, actually. Uh, original source, The Three Army Surgeons. Oh, yep, it's a, f- a fairy tale about army surgeons. Didn't know that one. Um, from roughly the 1700s. They're so good as surgeons that they can perform surgery on themselves. Interesting. I know they uh, mentioned that Swinehart was so good at surgery, he performed uh, it on himself uh, in the uh, <clears throat> Book of Fable, little... Uh, little excerpt of it, but uh, didn't really say where he was from, so I just assumed that it was some sort of uh, fable, but I didn't look into it. But yeah. I do have to uh, say that they do pull from <clears throat> fairly obscure fables, actually. Yeah. Yeah, I, I honestly assumed Dr. Swinehart was just a, an original character that was necessary for the story, but nope, it's from a fairy tale. They're like colonial area army surgeons. And there's there's brothers, three three traveling brothers, and Doctor Swinehart is one of the brothers. Cool. Anyways, uh, he basically tells you you need to take it easy, get some sleep, yada yada. Yeah, because and you're you like, haven't I slept can't. in a while, and it's like I'll sleep when I die. He's like, I'm yeah, basically, I'm uh, I'm working. I'll sleep when I die. So then you go down to check on the magic mirror. Yeah, well, because Crane smashed it, and you've discovered that, and Buffkin's trying to put it back together. Yeah, you could be a kind of a dick to Buffkin if you really wanted to, but I was alright with him. Yeah, I was nice to Buffkin. I liked him. Uh, you get into an argument with Bluebeard when he comes in. Oh, there's and a surprise. there's, again, again, different ways you can handle it. Uh, but, it, I mean, it's all an argument. I think you can even punch him during this. I, I don't think, I think you can, but, but I just kind of uh, threw him out again. Yeah, I did too. Um... Then you do some good old-fashioned detective work, and you yeah, have to decide... Yeah, you're, told, you're told somehow... Uh, I can't remember how that... Uh, uh, no, no, no. Larissa shows up, doesn't she? Uh, is that in this episode? I thought that was in episode uh, four no, no, when it, Larissa no, shows up. In episode four. How do you find out that he's going to go uh, to his witch? No, Buffkin tells you that he's going to go to the witch. That's I, right. I, I was you, trying to remember how you do it, because there's... a. Uh, uh, sometimes the little details you forget. Uh, Buffkin There's was uh, some... drinking in the rafters and was in no condition to try to stop uh, Crane. <laughs> you go through Crane's desk, that's it. Buffkin says something about that, so then you go through Crane's desk and find, figure out where the witch probably is. Or is... Uh, he actually mentioned know. that before because I went through all Buffkin's options. Yeah, same for me, but like 
naturally in the story, like he uh, says that something he, about that he it. Mentions and you it can, again, uh, people are, and uh, uh, Bigby's like, "Why didn't you mention this before?" Well, outside of when you just mentioned it. Yeah, uh, I got a migraine. I'm hungover. Um. But then you have to decide where to go investigate. You know that the Tweedles are involved, so you're like, I could go to the Tweedles' office, or you can go back to the Trip Trap go through Lily to try things, and uh, to, to go through Lily's things. There. Or you can go upstairs to the penthouse where Ichabod Crane lived, or maybe not the penthouse, but one of the upper no, really no, nice it was apartments. The penthouse. Okay, it is a penthouse. Um, and you, I mean, you go to all three. No, you don't. But really, the only thing makes a difference. Yeah, you do. No, I the didn't. only thing that makes a difference is where you went first. Okay, so I went to all three. No, I didn't go to all three. I went to Crane's apartment first. Okay, I went to the Trip Trap first. Then I went to Crane's apartment. Then I went to the Tweedle's office. And if you go in, if you go to the Trip Trap, and it might be for the Tweedle's office too first, when you get to Crane's apartment, Bluebeard has burned everything. And it's basically useless. You're like, well, shit. I guess I should have came here first to get okay, any direct so, evidence. Uh, for me... I went to uh, Crane's apartment first and investigated around and eventually found uh, Jack uh, trying to yeah, liberate mm-hmm. some of the goods from Crane's office. And he wanted to cut me a deal to you know, uh, pretend I never saw him and uh, you know, he'll tell me the name of the witch. But you know, he doesn't know anything else. Oh yeah, here's one of the decisions. Did you make a deal with Jack only if you visit Crane's apartment first? Yeah, see... Uh, it's- so this is actually a pretty big diversion, uh, a diversion. I didn't realize it was uh, that big. So uh, investigating around, uh, you also find out that uh, the uh, the brand of uh, wine in Crane's apartment matches the one at the crime scene, further implicating him. And yeah, uh, various little lore tidbits. He actually has a uh, statue of the headless horseman. Okay, that shows up uh, in episode four as well. When you yeah, go to the, uh, yeah, the yeah. It's applied that Jack's been back and kind of liberated some more stuff. Okay. Well, uh, you uh, have an option to cut a deal with Jack or just beat the ever living crap out of him. I sort of walked the line there, uh, and it was I punched him once, and he said, "Okay, I'll give you the information. Then you can choose to make a deal or not." And the way it kind of played out for me was I sort of made a deal. I said that he was helping, but I still got him in trouble because uh, Snow White was there and uh, saw that you know Jack was trying to steal some stuff. So it said that right. I didn't cut a deal with him, which is 29.3% of the, of the players. Well, I guess I at least make that choice. Then I went to the trip app and found enough information to go directly to the next place and never went to the Tweedles at all. Okay, so I went to the trip trap first, and we'll go ahead and talk about that. I assume it plays out the same. Yeah, everyone's uh, kind of drunk slash high on the medicine that uh, that he gave. And Grindel was very happy to see me because he was high off his balls. Yeah, he was like, this is where if you've been nice after you rip his arm off, where he's like, look, let's just, I'm high, let's have a drink. Let's bury the hatchet, essentially. Yeah, for, yeah, for me, along. he was like, oh, come on, Sheriff, let's have a drink, then I'll help you. And then then if you drink with him, he passes out. I assume he passes out in that one, yeah. too. Uh, and then it says, Grin will not yeah, remember this. It, yeah, that just hilarious fourth wall breaking moment. <laughs> yeah, that was cute. I feel like that's what yeah, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I got a good also, if you, Also, if you told Holly uh, and Grin that Woody was sleeping with Lily... 
Grant is berating him. Uh, when you uh, no, get no, there no, no, about no. It. It's the same. Uh, the only difference is how Holly found out because she finds out by oh, going okay. through Holly's things and uh, is okay. bored, uh, uh, upset about it. But does it take it out on Big B? Because I guess either she thought he didn't know or, you know, whatever. Or, yeah, it was just drunk. Well, right. Uh, and, yeah, uh, Woody's essentially thrown out of the bar. Okay. Um, so that plays out pretty well, much the same. Uh, uh, only, you know, uh, Grin is a little happier to see me. Yeah. And then um, you eventually find out, oh, well, Lily stuff's in the back room. Uh, Lily's just passed down on her cot. Yeah, and she, like, you have to figure out how to move her arm, which is really easy. You just, like, make a noise, and she moves her arm so you can get the box out yeah, from under yeah, the bed. Yeah, you try talking to her, and uh, I just said, hey, Lily, and uh, she snored and moved. Okay, I was, like, rummaging through, and I moved some bottles, and it no, made a no, I didn't noise, do that. and she moved. Uh, I, I, I just okay. talked to Lily, or uh, poked her, or, no, no, it was talked to her, and uh, she moved. I mean, it, it's just different ways to get the same result. Um, and then you start going through the things, and you find you know, some information. Um, and she talks to you a yeah, little bit along yeah, the way. Lily, uh, wakes up sort of half groggy and uh, is asking, why the hell do you care about us? And, you know, uh, yeah. Uh, making you feel like a complete dick for things going this far. Yeah. I, I was kind to her as yeah. kind as possible during that interaction. Um, you know, asshole with a heart of gold. I feel sorry for her because she, uh, just lost, found out that she'd lost her sister and, was going through a lot. Yeah, so and also, gonna be a dick and also her. her sister was fucking one of the regulars. Yeah. So for me, you find some evidence. I remember specifically what it is that you find, but you find a piece of evidence. And you're like, well, this is part of the puzzle to where the witch See, is. On my pl- but on, I, on I my need game, more. Because <laughs> Jack gave me the name Andy Greenleaf, I was able to go through the address book and see AG Andy Greenleaf. Gotcha. Closed the book and immediately went to uh, Andy Greenleaf. Yeah, I, I get the address book. Like, I, I from there you get the address book, but he's like, well, I don't know who any of these people are, so I guess I need to go somewhere else. So then after that, I went to, uh, like I said, up to Ichabod's apartment and found that uh, Bluebeard had burned all of the evidence for reasons that are honestly never explained. Um, I assume that he had some shady dealings with Ichabod, and he was uh, covering his tracks. Yeah, that's pretty much uh, confirmed by... Uh going through his stuff and oh, at one point you're able to uh, find some money uh, that's being embezzled but I'll just put it back and I guess Jack eventually found it I was hoping uh, Snow would but I guess not okay uh, so then after that it's like well I guess the only place left to go was the Tweedles office so you go to the office and did you meet Flycatcher at all? I didn't meet him until the fifth episode uh, just one line from him and that was it and that was the character that I uh, had the line bug out, so I never even heard his voice. Oh, no, yeah. no, no, okay, wait. So Flycatcher... Uh, wait. He did uh, speak a couple times at the truck, but uh, it was uh, yeah, not directly to Big B, so... If you visit uh, the Tweedle's office, you meet Flycatcher, and you have a, a short conversation with him, and he's a really sympathetic character. Uh, he's from the Princess and the Frog, um, and he's the frog uh, that gets turned into a prince when the princess kisses him. And he used to work at the the, the Woodland uh, as the janitor there, but Ichabod fired him, and then he went to go work for the Tweedles. And apparently he's one of the only characters that 
um, Big B had a, a decent relationship with there <laughs> because they talk like they talk like they're old friends, and he helps you out, and he lets you into the Tweedles office. And there's a lot of interesting things in the Tweedles office. There's a filing cabinet you can open that has files on a bunch of the main characters, which gives you some information. I'm kind of upset uh, about, I didn't go to the Tweedles office. It, information about where they are and what they're doing, and your first reference to the Crooked Man. I'm pretty sure that's the first reference to the Crooked yeah, see, Man. Because I didn't in, go to the uh, Tweedles office, I didn't have the reference to the Crooked Man at this point. Yeah, so he's got files on everybody that owes you money. And Beauty and Beast are in there. You can find out about their money troubles before they tell you later. Uh, it tells you where Cinderella is. Uh, she's in Europe, apparently, based on that file. Uh, you can learn about... or You learn here that Ichabod is actually in debt to the Crooked Man, which um, has got some interesting things implied to it. Like, I don't know if it gives you any different dialogue choices later on compared to not, but... Um, you know, you find that out, and there's a couple other characters you find stuff out about, too. I can't remember. Is my- Oh, there's a file on the police uh, detective who you were speaking to at the beginning of the second episode. So that's what I was saying. Like, she shows up in this file, but it's never mentioned otherwise later on in the game. So, yeah, I assume they were probably going to do something with her and left that in there, but took out whatever the rest of her story was going to be. You can also rummage around the office and find a few other things about how weird the Tweedles are, but it also kind of humanizes them a little bit. They have this weird uh, back-and-forth letter exchange about getting a dog. (laughs) Um, And eventually you discover that they have a a secret room in their office. Um, And the flycatcher shows you where it is and how to open it. And you go down into their shady secret basement and there's all kinds of stuff in there. Like, there's packages that the packages that you find later in episode four, those are in the basement. See, I never uh, encountered those, so I didn't get the uh, uh, the connection for the packages until much later. Yeah, there's also um, some money that Ichabod was using to make a payment to the Crooked Man, and you can choose to take the money or leave it, and I took the money uh, with me. And there's some other just like things that connect to other characters um, and reveal situations about them that you're going to find out later. Uh, and then Flycatcher is like, holy shit, these guys are actually our criminals. You weren't lying. And then you have a chance to offer the Flycatcher a job back at the Woodland. Because, uh, you know, obviously Crane's no longer there and you and Snow are in charge right now. And so I offered him a job. Like, that's considered one of the main choices. Uh, just like how Jax is if you go to Crane's apartment. So I offered him a job and then he leaves and you find something that says anti-Greenleaf there. I don't remember what it is. It's a letter or something. And you're like, oh, anti-Greenleaf. Let me see if these initials match anyone in the book. And you're like, aha, AG. And so then you leave and then the story meets back up. Yeah, and for me, uh, I got to anti-Greenleaf late. Same? Yeah. I also uh, got even though late. that doesn't make a lot of sense because yeah, I only went to two places and one was just upstairs. What was that? A car yeah, in traffic? Which, it does make me uh, <laughs> uh, think about something. Just how fucking blind are the cab drivers in New York? Really blind. I, I mean, think. there's a, a couple times that you get a uh, cab just covered in blood. And there's also the, the car chase later where you are definitely out somewhere else in New York City as a, a werewolf. <laughs> but... I guess that's beside the point. It's fine there. We'll, we'll gloss over that. We'll gloss over that. Um, but yeah, I got there late, which 
made sense for me because I went to all three places. Yeah, yeah. For me, I should have been at least early. Yeah, maybe I was trying to uh, uh, so- yeah, uh, uh, talk sweet to snow. No, no, no. I'm not a creep like Crane. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you go to Auntie Greenleaf's place and you knock on the door and there's a little girl that answers, and that's like incredibly suspicious right away. There's this little girl in this apartment. No one else is home. Um, but you talk your way in, and you can either be nice, or you can sort of barge in and be a dick. I just let Snow uh, handle it. Yeah, you, I was going to say, you can also just let Snow handle it. Be like, I don't know how to handle these people. And she's like, children? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> so she talks her way in. You look around the apartment and, and see some things. No, that does make me wonder, uh, if, uh, can uh, the uh, Fables have children? If they didn't have them in the stories? I don't know, that's a good question. We don't hear about any fables having children. Oh, well, uh, Toad Jr. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, but I can't remember if he's in the story or not. I can't remember either. Next time he shows up I'll in on this page, I'll look him up on the wiki and find his story. But anyways, uh, you explore this room and find different things that are definitely related to magicalness. Uh, and you poke around and you find a glamour tube. And when you open the tube... The little girl turns into an old lady who is anti-Greenleaf. And you have a conversation with her about Ichabod. And she's initially uncooperative, but then Snow threatens to burn down her tree, her magic tree. And then she talks and tells you where to go and and what to do. Uh, And then Snow's like, burn down the tree anyways. And then you get to make another major choice about burning down the tree or not. And also... Um, is it a choice or is it mandatory that she gets a job? Uh, it's a choice. Okay, so I did not burn down the tree. Uh, same here. And I, and I also offered her same a job. Here. I will that, say that, that in my does first come playthrough, play later. Yeah, in my first playthrough, I did burn down the tree. Which that's the and rare that makes choice. It, yeah, and that makes it difficult a, li- a lot more difficult because she's a big reason why if you bring the crooked man back at the end, why you're able to convict him at the trial. Yeah, see, I wasn't sure if the crooked man being convicted was a sure thing or not. It's not. You can lose. Even when Nerissa comes in, you can still lose. Because if everyone in the town is on his side, when Nerissa comes in and she's against him, everyone basically is like, no! And like, you can still like just kill the crooked man as, as Bigby, um, but you can actually lose that interaction. So how does that play out at the end? Oh, well, I guess we'll get to um, that. Yeah. Yeah. So she tells you where to go and what to do, and, and both of us chose to offer her a job and not burn down the tree on this playthrough. Uh, and then you go back to the pudding and pie to confront Crane, uh, because that's where she tells you that he is. Uh, he And he also got a magic ring from her that's supposed to... Uh, it's a ring of dispel, but... Anti-Greenleaf says that it's defunct now. It doesn't work anymore. She just gave it to him so that he would leave. So you go there, and he's basically, like, assaulting these girls, trying to to get them to confess that he didn't do it. And you go in, and you break it up, um, and you can uh, punch Ichabod, or you can yell at him, or whatever. And I basically just insulted him, and yelled at him, and belittled him, and emasculated him. Because to me, that was more satisfying than just punching him. <laughs> and then you uh, pick him up, you arrest him, and you haul him outside. That And this is where you run into 
uh, Bloody Mary and the Tweedles. And the Crooked Man is inside the car. uh, Yeah, you don't see him. There's cars that pull up and trap you in the alley. And he's in the car and, like, he rolls down the window and waves his hand at the end of that interaction, like, to let you go. But other than that, you don't see him. So you get into a fight with the Tweedles and Bloody Mary. And the Tweedles just gun you down with many, many, or a whole bunch of buckshot. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Bigby takes a hell of a beating here. Yeah, Bigby gets in big trouble. I would say a good dozen shots. Definitely. They just keep shooting and reloading and shooting. And they're, you know, they kind of like, okay, we got him. And and he stands up. Yeah, and you keep going further and further to your transformation. Yeah, and eventually you go uh, full werewolf. And then you just beat the shit out of the Tweedles. Um, And it gives you the option to kill Tweedledum. Like, you rip his throat out. Did you kill Tweedledum? I I took... Yeah, I did at too. this point, I figured Big B's out of control. There's no way we'd hold back. Yeah, and this feels uh, and this justified, you know. Even though people give you shit about it. Yeah, um, and this choice is pretty close to fifty-fifty. It's slightly in favor of people uh, not killing. Yeah, him, which is honestly actually. surprising. But yeah, it's yeah I mean, it, yeah. So, but I mean, you know, my asshole Big B being you know i put a stop to this also my life is in danger also you know solve the problem so that it never becomes a problem again i ripped his throat out with prejudice um and then bloody mary shoots you in the back with a silver bullet turns out that's a thing yep uh which downs you instantly and in the no spoiler section this is where i was talking about um like you are given a, a button prompt which on the controller is a and you just hammer away on it to to get up. Like, you're thinking, okay, if I fill up the bar, I'll get yeah. up. And it never quite fills up. It always, like, gets right up to the top, and then it drops back mm-hmm. down. And that happens a few times. And she's got the woodsman's axe, and she walks up to you, and she's about to kill yeah, you. Yeah, just a nonchalantly then... drag you along the building. You know, you hear that grinding noise. Which I thought was a nice yeah. touch. Bloody Barry's a bitch. Yeah, she is. She's really a really scary yeah, she character. she loves her job. Um, but right before she's about to kill you, Snow is like, no, stop, I'll give you Ichabod Crane, don't kill him. And that's when the crooked man rolls down the window and is like, yeah, you know, with his hand motion, that's fine. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so, this entire time I'm just silent because, you know, lights out. Uh, Big B yeah. has left the building right now. Please leave your message. I, I, I told Snow to run. I, I was like, no, just get out of here, leave me. But, you know, obviously she doesn't do that. Uh, and then um, Bloody Mary breaks your arm in such a way that your arm bone is sticking out of your yeah, skin. Yeah, that doesn't seem right. Nope. Uh, that's pretty pretty gruesome. Uh, and they, they give you a close-up of it several times, even in the next episode, too. Yeah, and entire time it's spurting blood. Yeah. Which makes me um, wonder, just how much blood do, does a fable have? I don't know. I... Bigby's got a lot. A lot more than he probably should. Because he loses a ton of blood over the course of, like, the three days that the story plays out in. Uh, and then the episode ends. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Snow White uh, gives up uh, Crane uh, to, uh, well, Bloody Mary. And, well, at this point in my story, I didn't know who she was working for because I didn't uh, go to the Tweedle's office. Yeah. Uh, anything... 
else to add about episode three before we move uh, to episode not four? Really? Okay. Episode four is titled "In Sheep's Clothing," uh, and this picks up just a short time after the end of episode three. You're back in your apartment. Yeah, uh, Big Beast uh, and ruined his uh, chair. Yeah, there's just blood. There's everywhere. a full blood trail, and, and uh, Big Beast uh, having this nightmare of Bloody Mary standing over him with the axe. Because yeah. to be fair, you know, it would make sense that he'd be afraid of that axe. Yeah. Uh, and the good doctor is stitching you back up. Uh, oh, well, he's pulling... Uh, a, actually, he's yeah. pulling he's pulling bullets well, out. Silver yeah. bullet fragments yeah, yeah, out of you. He, yeah, he's talking about how... Well, since Big B's a werewolf, technically, or werewolf-wolf, or whatever. A wolf-wear. Yeah. Uh, the silver is actually highly toxic to him, and if he misses any shards, it would uh, slowly weaken Big B. Yep. Um, then also your arm is fucked up and you set your own well, arm. Well, actually I failed the, uh, the prompt. I wasn't able to hammer it quickly enough. And, uh, Swanheart's like, well, fine. And just snaps my arm back into place. It's like, oh, that's probably better. I, uh, I did it anyway. That way I wouldn't have to do it again. Yeah. Okay. So I, I completed that one and he was like, oh, that's actually a pretty good job. Yeah. Should be good enough yeah, for now. I, I like the whole, uh, yeah, I'm starting to do it, but I, yeah, I can't quite snap it in place and. Swanheart just reaches over a yeah. snap. It's like, well, it's best I uh, did it anyway. Um, that way I wouldn't have to do it again. It's like, fine. I actually like that, you know, there's uh, little uh, different things for missing a uh, quick time event like that. I kind of like uh, failing that one. Um... I will edit this together as gracefully as possible, but... Well, I just I've, was talking... I finished up my uh, thing about... Uh, it's kind of cool that failing that uh, QTE has its own little thing that... Uh, is a small divergence, but it uh, makes sense in the long run. Right. Right. And then my internet went kablooey for a moment. Correctamundo. So... Picking up from that point from after the internet went no no it's more <laughs> and then it was Skype after that you have to talk to Snow and she remarks on basically what you did and yeah she was highly pissed about uh, me killing uh, uh, Tweedledum she wasn't I didn't feel like she was that upset. I assume we would have gotten uh, roughly yeah, the same dialogue. Maybe it was more disappointed. But then again, there's also this whole thing of uh, earning her trust. And maybe she felt uh, like I betrayed it because I had built up her trust so much. Maybe. I had also built up a lot of trust with Snow White, too, yeah. well, ma- well, maybe it wasn't so much pissed, but yeah, highly disappointed. Yeah, I would say disappointed. I think she felt disappointed. But And then my defense was, I mean, you know, they were trying to kill me. And she's like, yeah, I guess that makes sense. More, more or less. Um, but she, And to be fair, she did give up Crane rather easily to save me. She did. Uh, but she you know, says, well, I guess I'm the deputy mayor now. So let's head on Whoa. down to the office. Uh, she also makes a big deal of saying how she wants to be different and how she wants to do by, things by the book. Mm-hmm. And you can essentially agree with her or disagree with her or be like, well, we'll see. I pretty I much just do- said, well, you're the boss. Yeah. You know, still trying um, to get laid here. And then Snow says that uh, starting with sending Colin back to the farm. 
which Colin and Snow obviously had a bit of a, a fight during that whole bit, which I thought was interesting and played out well. And I mostly took Colin's side. Uh, I didn't really care for Colin. Uh, he always came off as someone that Big B didn't like, and I was playing as Big B, not you know, my choices, uh, Big B making them. Yeah, well, Colin, though, was sticking up for you at that point, and he was basically saying, like, I mean, he was doing what he had to, and he's, you know, his own person. He can make choices and do things, and I'm like, yeah, Colin, that's right. Thanks for taking up for me. Um, and then, but but then Snow says that non-glamoured fables are going to have to go to the farm, and then she walks out and tells well, you to Well, to be come. fair, that was the rule to begin with. Yeah, but she's like, we're going to enforce it a lot harder. And uh, Colin then asked you, he's like, are you going to send me to the farm? And I was like, er, and my response was, no. Um, I think Bigby says with my response, well, maybe some fables will have to get sent up, but I wouldn't send you because you're my friend, Colin. See, I, I, mine was rules are rules. I, I don't make them, just enforce them. Yeah, and you made the unpopular choice to send Colin to the farm. Yeah, but I always looked at it like this. He's gone to the farm multiple times. He keeps coming back. He's like a bad rash. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good point. But, you know, my, my thought was, I didn't like that he was like, you're my friend. But, you know, my thought was like, you stick, you just stuck up for, more, for me. I'll stick up for you. That was probably one of the points where I was like, I don't like exactly the specific dialogue. But, you know, the sentiment of it was where I was coming from. Um, Do you go... To the office first, or do you go uh, talk you go to, to Narissa you, first? Uh, you go to the office for a, a bit, I believe, and then you're told that uh, Narissa is in your office and would only talk to you. Or there was a phone call, one of the two. There was a phone call at the office. Right. Uh, uh, it, like I said, uh, after playing it for a while, things kind of do come together because, uh, and details kind of smush because the story is that tight. Right. There doesn't um, so, feel like there's a lot of uh, fat on the uh, story, you know, a lot of downtime outside of that one section in the second episode. Yeah, uh, Narissa comes to the office. There may have been a phone call, but she said she would only speak to you and she comes to your office. So you go into your office and you meet with her and you talk about stuff. Um, but, well, not talk talk because Narissa is still under the spell. Right. Um, but she tells you she wants to talk to you and she's trying to figure out a way to tell you uh, what you want her to do. And at this point, the story basically outright tells you. Like, if you haven't figured it out yet, the ribbons are what keep the girls from talking. They have a magic spell on them. And also, if you remove the ribbons, their heads come off and they die. Yeah, which typically happens whenever your head comes off. That Typically, yeah. But you know, we're dealing with fables here. They're, True. We're not 100% clear on what kills them all the time. Yeah, but it seems like the decapitation's been doing really well. That's fair play. Point, yeah, and hey, Bloody Mary was going to go test that theory. <laughs> yes, she was. Um, is it one of the major choices? Did you... Let's see. It, yeah, it is yeah, a did you choice. attempt to remove no, Narissa's ribbon? I did. Oh. I mean, I knew in my head like what was going on, but playing the Big B character... Um, I, I, thought, like, yeah, no, I, he, I thought Big B just... being a jerk with heart of gold, he would have uh, yeah, been sympathetic with uh, Narissa at this point. Well, he didn't... Uh, I played it like I knew, but I played it like Bigby figured out that the ribbons were what was keeping the girls from talking, and so he goes to remove it so she could talk, and then it hits him after he's like, oh shit, I fucked up, and then I apologize to her for it afterwards. 
he was I mean basically he's like oh I'm sorry I I didn't think that one through very well she's like it's okay just uh, it's alright uh, Bigby just lost his head out on it hey so um then after that Snow shows up and thanks something's going on yeah because uh, Bigby and and Narissa are standing pretty close to one another yeah uh, in uh, my playthrough uh, she has him by the arm uh, yeah, yeah, a little scared that uh, people are going to see her uh, there. And I yeah. said, oh, it's just Snow. Yeah. But uh, Snow comes in and they got a call from Beauty and, and Beast. And the rest is like, oh, yep, you should definitely go check that out, Sheriff. Go go check it out right now. I'm leaving. And so she leaves. And then you, you talk to Snow and she's like, what was that all about? And, I was, and he's like, oh, I just figured out the ribbons. Uh, and she was trying to hint that I should go talk to Beauty and Beast. Yeah, Narissa just told us what to do next. Yep. Um, so then you go up and you talk to Beauty and Beast and they are having a fight. Uh, a, a relationship fight, not a physical fight. There's lots of those in this game, so I think I should acknowledge that. They're just yelling at each other. And you can stand outside the door and listen. And you can just barge in or you can knock or you mm-hmm. can call out to them. And I, I knocked. Yeah, and Beauty was pissed to see me beauty was really happy to see me beast was super pissed to see me but i you know i had kept beauty secret so she was happy yeah she was, was pissed to see me it's like well i didn't call you oh okay so that's a little detail that's different because beauty calls or called in mine and yeah. beast was really pissed to see me yeah, she's she, like what yeah. the fuck are you doing here yeah she was well, what are you doing here i didn't no i didn't call you beast must have called you and eventually, uh, yeah, she opens up the door, and uh, Beast is like, "Big B." <laughs> yeah. Uh, really quickly, something that I should I want to note. I don't know if it makes a difference or not, but I started this episode with the money that I had taken from um, the Tweedle's office. I didn't. Uh, I I know you can get money later in this episode, but I started the episode with money, so I don't know if that has any difference to play in the story okay and well we we're about to find night, out yeah um but so you talk to beauty and the beast and they you know eventually get through to telling you that uh they were both doing jobs for the for the crooked man and point you in the direction of a pawn pawn shop and a butcher shop yeah which if you know about the the packages already you can tell beast like, oh, yeah, I found the packages at Tweedle's office. I know about those. Is that where they are? Yeah, see, so, yeah. I, because I didn't know about the packages from the Tweedle's office, uh, both options were about equally valid for me. Yeah. Um, and then after that, uh, you got... Uh, well, there was also, uh, for me, because I pissed off Beauty, she kind of stonewalled me for a while before really getting information uh, in this uh, conversation. Yeah, Beast did the same thing. Uh, the phone rings, and like I didn't let Beast answer it, and oh, it goes to see, voicemail. For me, it was Beauty that was trying to answer it. Okay. So, so I guess it's, it's uh, the pissed off character. Yeah, with whoever's pissed off at you. I wonder what would happen if you uh, played neutral and you know, just wanted to stay out of it. I don't know. Good question. I imagine that it would be Beauty who would be pissed off at you in that situation. It could be both of them. Boy, that would play out, uh, play out differently. Yeah. Um, but so they give you the ideas of where to go, and then, you you know, it does one of the little decision things, and you choose where to go first. Did you go to the pawn shop or the butcher shop? I first? went to the pawn shop, mostly because 
I didn't have any direction on yeah which uh, yeah if the packages were important and since they were being taken out of there, I was hoping that maybe the pawn shop would uh, you know be receiving them, which yeah. they were, but yeah I didn't get to see what was in them. Yeah, I went to the butcher shop first on my first playthrough, so just to see if anything was different, I went to the pawn shop first on this one. There's not. The only thing that changes is this Get second location. Get a little location bit more is, information, yeah. The second location is always where you find the mirror shard. I'll see. Yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, the butcher shop had the uh, mirror shard uh, in my playthrough, so... And yeah. uh, your first playthrough was in the pawn shop? Yeah, it's... Um, you know, whenever you smash... Uh, what's his face jersey uh-huh. into that cabinet and it opens and the the axe is in there yeah the uh, mirror shard is in there also if you go to the butcher shop first oh, and then after the fight you're like oh here's the magic mirror shard you get it and and then yeah in in the butcher shop it's inside uh, Ichabod's coat yeah which that must have been itchy yeah or scratchy the shard's way too big for that pocket um but anyways, uh, it, it was a pocket leave, of holding <laughs> It very well could be, actually, given the the nature of what we're dealing with. Yeah. But anyways, as you leave, Beauty and Beast ask you to take care of your loan, with, or take care of their loan with, uh, with the Crooked Man. Yeah, I was a little pissed off uh, with them. It's like, wait, you want me to kill them? Yeah, I... It was either that or they wanted you to, like, threaten him or pay it off. I'm not 100% sure how you're supposed to do that um because when you talk to jack at the pawn shop i assumed that there would be an inter- an interaction to give him the money for to take care of their debt but you can't so i guess killing him is the only way to do it but i didn't feel like they were saying you have to kill him they were just saying like figure out a way to clear our debt uh, well uh whenever uh big b asked wait take care of it you want me to kill him oh i didn't ask they just said take care of it and i said i'll, I'll I plan on taking care of uh, of the crooked man or something like that. He's like, I, I intend to. I think it's what he says. So yeah, see, maybe for, just... yeah, for me, uh, because I asked him, what do you mean take care of it? Big B jumped to uh, killing him, and uh, they were like, no, 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 just... Uh, and Big B gets pissed with him. It's like, well, I'm going to uh, bring justice to him. And who knows, maybe you'll get lucky and you will uh, clear up your debt as well. And it stomps off. Right. Okay. I just was like, I intend to, and then left. Um, so you, we both went to the pawn shop first this time, so we'll just go there. So you go to the pawn shop, and um, Toad is trying to sell the donkey coat, or trying to pawn the donkey coat for some money. He says it's to go get his glamour. I don't believe him. Uh, but, he, you know, there's a little bit of an interaction between him and Jack as he's trying to pawn the coat, and that's pretty funny uh-huh. um, just the way that they talk to each other and for me I had the option to give Toad money because I had taken Ichabod's money from before uh, and I actually saved it because I thought that I could give the money to Jack to clear or at least make a payment on Beauty and Beast's debt okay now that's interesting well you'll, you'll find out why I was five okay um, so he leaves and then you talk to Jack and basically threaten him and you search the store and you can find lots of little items around uh, that are just references to other things in the story. Yeah, um, uh, I uh, stumbled across the axe location before fully searching the store, though. 
Yeah, I remembered where the axe was, so I searched all of the things before I went to the axe. Um, I mean, it's just references to different stuff. There's, you know, the anvil from the blacksmith. The headless horseman statues there. Yeah, the which, bloody uh, daggers which suggests there. that Jack uh, returned and yeah, liberated some more stuff. Yeah, although the, I mean, the dagger's obviously not bloody in the cabinet. There's a few other odds and ends that refer to other characters. Um, then you find the axe and you confront Jack, and you're like, "I thought you said you wouldn't take anything like that." And there's different ways to threaten well, I don't him. You work can, here all the time. You can just yell at him or try and reason with him or punch him. I punched him in the face. Yeah, same here. And uh, about You're that time... percussive maintenance. Yeah. About that time, Woody shows up with Jersey, who is the Jersey Devil. Um, and the Jersey Devil's the one who owns... Or, well, doesn't own. The pawn shop is the Crooked Bands. But the Jersey Devil's the one who runs it and is the front man for it. And they come in and... Uh, you start having a conversation with him, and I love how Jack just sort of sneaks out in the background <laughs> while you guys are talking. And the woodsman's pissed because he wants his axe back. Yeah, it was actually stolen from his apartment. Yeah, it was stolen from him, uh, and he wants his axe back. And you're trying to get, or you're trying to interrogate the Jersey Devil, and he refuses to talk to you, and, and a fight breaks out. Oh, uh, there's a and, shock. And he transforms into his demon self, which is really really good um, model work model work on that um, I mean it's his character model is I mean it's pretty unsettling um, but they did a really good job with making him talk and I love the voice actor they picked for him it just fits that character perfectly I don't, I don't know who the voice actor is I don't know if I've ever heard them in anything else but the Jersey Devil is prob one of my favorite characters just because of um the model work, the combination of the really good model work and also the voice actor. Um, but anyways, you get into a fight with the Jersey Devil, uh, and eventually, throughout the fight, you throw him into uh, like a, a back room or a closet, and that's where the hammer, or not the hammer, the the woodsman's axe is. And the woodsman gets the axe and basically saves you, because I mean, Bigby's pretty fucked up, and there's still making that be a thing, like, by the end, it doesn't matter that Bigby's basically just hanging on by, uh, glue and duct tape. Um, and the woodsman comes and saves you. You wind up ripping off one of the Jersey Devil's horns. That one was pretty good. Yeah, and that's lasting damage for a while. Yeah. Uh, uh according to this, uh, the voice actor for the Jersey Devil hasn't done anything else. Okay. Well, he was, a good one-off, I guess. Maybe that was, you know, like Steve and... and Actually, more Bob. <laughs> Bob down in, in tech support. No, no, well, his name is Bobby, so... Oh, I gotcha. Um, but anyways, once you finish the fight, uh, there's a chance for the Jersey Devil to basically just, like, goad you and be like, you don't know shit, you don't know what you're getting into, and you can either punch him and shut him up, or you can let him talk. Uh, I'll, I'll let him talk. talk yeah. I didn't know if he had anything useful to say, but I mean, he's basically just. Well, well, I look at it this way: I got a monologuing. <laughs> yeah, that's my dog. Um, but then you leave. You and Woody go outside, and uh, you have a, a quick interaction with Woody. And this is the last time you see him in the story. Yeah. Um, and you can, you know, be nice to him or be a dick to him. I gave him a cigarette. Yeah, I gave and, him a cig. Uh, then when he left, I just said, you know, I'll see you around, Woody. I asked if he was alright, and he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm alright. Yeah, when you say, see you around, Woody, he just goes, yeah, I'll see ya. And then he walks off. 
with his axe on his shoulder. Never to be seen again. Then you go to the other location, which is the butcher shop, and you poke around, uh, and the butcher's there, and you have some interaction with him, and he's really not helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out he presses a panic button, which, I mean, that's revealed to you as the player before Bigby sees it, but yeah. he presses a panic button and basically goes to hide in the back, and everyone who was there leaves, uh, because, you know, he warned them that Bigby was there. And you walk through this giant meat locker. Did you say anything during that? Because you have no, the chance to I was say quiet something. the entire time. It, it seemed I, dumb to uh, say anything. Yeah, I, I was quiet too. Um, but so you go through there and meet or go back and talk to the cook once you, or not the cook, the butcher, once you get to the back. And, um,. There's a couple, again, a couple different ways this can play out. But basically, I was nice to him and uh, yeah. persuaded him to let me open the back. Yeah, offered protection. Yeah, I did the same thing. I offered protection, sent him back to the office, um, or the business office. And then you find the back room where that they've been making the black market glamours. And uh, they've got body parts from other fables. They've got ingredients that came from like the tree that auntie greenleaf has yeah the Um, uh, chains to shackle people down yep and then you find ichabod crane's coat hanging from a meat uh meat hook and i think it's it's uh implied that they tortured him yeah for a bit yeah just a a little light torture i mean he doesn't need both kidneys and then there's you can go through his coat and there's money in the coat, which you can also take, and yeah. I, I pocketed that money. Yeah, I took the uh, money. Uh, did it? Uh, did it register that you had more money than uh, or you did originally? Because for me, it's just I took what was called a lot of money, and that was it. Yeah, no, it didn't register that I had like two stacks of money. I assume that you could give Toad money before at the pawn shop if you had the money from the previous episode, and then get that money. And I don't know if there's anything different you could do with it. I'd have to look that up or replay that chapter. Um, well, I pocketed the money, and we're going to find out. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you find the magic mirror shard, and I think he had a picture in the, the third pocket. Like, he's got three pockets. Yeah, he had the it. same picture that was in the Glamour Tube originally, so it was a copy of uh, the picture of, uh, of uh, Snow White with her sister. With yeah. her sister torn off. Um, but then once you get the, the mirror shard... Or the last shard of the magic mirror. You leave and head back to the business office. Um, and Bluebeard is arguing with Snow, and she's also arguing with Toad. Uh, you give the mirror shard to, uh, shoot, suddenly I've forgotten his name. Green monkey guy. Buffkin. Buffkin. You give him the shard, and he goes about fixing the magic mirror. And then you go talk to Snow, and she talks to um, Bluebeard, and you talk to Toad. And she's telling you you have to tell Toad to that he has to go back to the farm. Uh, but if you've got the money, you can give Toad the money. Yeah, see, at this point, because I got the money from Crane's pocket, I was able to give money to Toad. Yeah, I was also able to give him money. So I gave him the money and told him to go get a glamour. Yeah, for then, what that was worth. And then didn't send him to the farm. Although, he winds up in the truck going back to the farm anyways in episode 5. At least for me. Yeah, same here. Okay, I assume that basically, my assumption was that... Well, sorry, go ahead. Uh, basically, what I got from it whenever, what based on what Toad was saying, 
is that he had the money, but he wasn't able to get it in time, and Stowe sent him off anyway. My assumption was that Toad didn't actually go spend the money on a glamour. He spent it on something else. And then she went and got him. That was just my assumption, because he's a really... Well, well, he said that he had the money, so... Yeah, I know he said that he had the money, but I don't believe him. I think he he just wasn't going to get it. I think he had the money before. Well, I think he uh, would, uh, yeah, be a lot more honest since his uh, son was literally on the truck. Probably, but I don't know. He, I mean, yeah, it's been revealed a he's a really toad. shitty dad. He's yeah. a real toady. Uh, but anyways, after that, um, the magic mirror is fixed, and you use that to find the crooked man's hideout. Well, you we also find out what happened to Crane. Yep, yep. Crane is uh, being, being sent to Europe. Yeah, being put on a plane. And uh, you pretty much say, well, he's going to be uh, out of the picture for a while. Can't get him. Yep. And uh, the reason why you need the magic mirror is actually very interesting. The Crooked Man's hideout, you learn from Jack, at least in this playthrough, that it's impossible to find the Crooked Man. He has to find you because his hideout, the door is a magic door that is constantly jumping to other doors. And you're able to tell which door it is based on the Crooked Man symbol, the wheel, which until uh, in my playthrough, because I didn't go to the Tweedle's office, I didn't learn it was his symbol until the butcher shop. Yeah, and you I had, learned that. And I hadn't even really seen it until the Lucky Pond. Yeah, yeah, you learn that at the Tweedles, if you go to their office. And I think there's a reference to the magic door, too, but it's not as explicit. But I'm pretty sure there's like a note that says that... Uh, anyway, uh, we're told yeah, that... whatever. Uh, that the only way Crane was able to deal with the Crooked Man was to use the magic mirror to find the doorway. Yeah, and when the mirror is repaired, first of all, you uh, find out about Crane, and because of Blayberry's power, she's able to detect that uh, she's being watched through the magic mirror and cause the magic mirror a little bit of pain. Yeah, because they've had a, a relationship issues. Yeah, uh, and then he shows you the magic door, and at first you don't recognize it, but then the door moves, and you know where it is. Yeah, because so you can see leave. a small sign uh, next to it talking about Central Park. Granted, that's not a great hint, but maybe, you know, uh, the wolf likes to go play in the park enough. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Um, so you go to the door, you go through the magic door, and Tiny Tim is there to meet you. Yeah, not so tiny, though, and I didn't call him t- uh, Tiny Tim, and, he's, and he was very appreciative to leave off, that I left off the tiny part. Yeah, I, I also left off the tiny part. Um, yeah, he's fu- he's fully grown. And it's not listed as a major choice, but there is the choice to, to basically be nice to Tim or be a dick to him. Yeah, because you know, you this let is him... uh, because of uh, he he's a cripple in his story. He uh, no matter what uh, cannot uh, heal his leg, so he's constantly uh, walking with a uh, leg brace on and a, a crutch. Yeah, um, and I chose to be nice to him. I waited for him in the hallway. Yeah, yeah I was nice to him as him, well. I, I, I let him be the one who announced me into the crooked man's room when you get there. Yeah, even though I did point out that you're working with murderers here. Yeah, I, I also did that. But he's like, no, the Crooked Man takes care of us, and you know, he's... Well, to be you know, fair... He understands uh, us. Well, to be fair, Tiny Tim is also one of those outcasts that, you know, didn't really find a spot, even though Tiny Tim could, uh, you know, easily pass as human, because, well, he is. Uh, you know, uh, it uh, would be tough for him. Yeah. So I, I do understand his plight, but at the same time, you know, uh, it, it, 
it's really shades of gray here. There's no real good or, well, no real good here because it's both, you know, either the complete indifference of uh, the government or being exploited by the criminal element because, you know, certain people just are being, you know, overlooked because they're not important enough. Boy, that sounds familiar uh, in modern politics, doesn't it? Yeah, a little too familiar. Um, but anyway, so he announces you, well, I mean, you can barge in, or he can announce you, or whatever, into the, the crooked man sort of, I don't know, dealing room, or office, or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely uh, not a hostile environment with, well, at least one Tweedle there, uh, the Jersey Devil, uh, uh, Georgie Porgy, who hasn't really uh, played a part uh, uh, at that much up until this point. Yeah, you encountered him before, but that was about it. Yeah. You yeah, hadn't been back to this place in a while. But yeah, you knew that he was dealing with them, uh, with, uh, you know, uh, he was uh, too deep in. So it was yeah. pretty much expected that he would be there. And of course, the Crooked Man, which the Crooked Man, yeah, he has that eye thing going on. Yeah, he's a, I think it's just a nursery rhyme. Mm-hmm. Hang on, let me pull this yeah, up. Yeah, it is. The, a crooked man in a crooked house. Yeah. So this is just a, a nursery rhyme. Uh, but he walks with a cane, so I assume he's, like, crippled? Maybe that's why they call him the crooked man, and he walks with a cane? Yeah, well... Not 100% sure, but his well, eyes they, fucked up. Yeah, his eyes fucked up, and the reason of the symbol uh, is that it's a torture device, and it uh, breaks people's bones and makes them crooked. Yeah. And that's something that you learn at the butchery if you hadn't at the uh, Tweedles, I'm assuming. Yeah. Uh, but then, so you go inside, and the crooked man is like, "We should talk." And you can, you have like one choice to. That's the last thing in the episode. You yeah, can yeah, and this is considered an important uh, choice. Yeah, you can try and arrest him. You can agree to talk to him. You can just smoke, or you can threaten him. I just smoked. Um, I agreed to talk with him, which he goes, let's talk, and then he smokes. <laughs> so, so like, okay, I might as well just pick smoke then. Well, I looked at it this way. I was going to smoke anyway. May as well. Yeah. And actually, it was an interesting uh, reason why Big B's uh, a chain smoker. Uh, this was something that I saw pointed out in uh, a little bit of extra lore. Uh, he does it to dull his senses. Because he's a wolf... It, it's just sensory overload. Makes sense. S- speaking of him smoking, it's all the way back in episode two. Whenever you go to the, whatever the hotel is, there's a, a Coke machine. Well, I mean, a soda machine there. And if you walk up to it and interact <laughs> with it, he goes, this stuff will kill you. And he pulls out a cigarette and starts smoking. <laughs> oh. I had a good, I had a good chuckle at that. But yeah, that's the end of episode four. Um, yeah, any, any anything to add? Uh, well, it was, it was very kinetic. There wasn't a lot of decision-making in this one. No, this one was very fast-paced, um, you know, just going from point to point. Um, it, it That probably has to do with how these episodes were released. Way back when this game was first released, episodes 1, 2, and 3 came out on schedule. And then there was a big fucking delay before episodes 4 and 5 came out. And supposedly they were having some internal issues and it didn't get worked on. I mean, this is all, as far as I know, hearsay. Like, nothing was ever confirmed. But allegedly they had a lot of issues with getting this episode out. And particularly episode four was rushed. Uh, 
in terms of like the gameplay elements and things. And yeah, there was I did a lot notice. Less... Uh, I did notice that my animation bugs popped up a, a couple more times in this uh, than the others. Granted, I saw it, you know in pretty much all of them except for one, but I wasn't. I thought I saw it, but I, you know, wasn't sure. Yeah, but th- there was a lot less work that went into episode four. Like, they had the story written, so they went ahead and did everything for the story, but there's less choices in episode four compared to other episodes, just because there were some problems. Yeah, and honestly... Allegedly. Yeah, and honestly, you know, your choices really didn't matter here at all. No. I mean, yeah, um, I mean, sending Colin to the farm, well, that's hardly new to him. Uh, yeah, Doris's uh, ribbon, that's not going to change things, really, because you can't do anything there. Yeah, uh, you can't actually pull it out. Yeah. Oh, oh, uh, the lucky pawn or butcher shop first. That, yeah, that doesn't matter. It just changes where the magic mirror shard was. Yeah, light a cigarette. Okay, okay, that one matters because <laughs> then you get to look like a badass. I know that there's some differences in dialogue based on how you've handled things up to the final room. Like, obviously, if you didn't kill Tweedledum, he'll be there. And he has something to say. Yeah, well, um, uh, well Tweedledum did, didn't really talk that much anyway, so. No, but if you did kill him, the, the Jersey Devil has something extra that he says to you, which, I mean, obviously we heard, but, like, I'm just on the wiki page reading that stuff right here at the bottom. Because I killed Tweedledum in both playthroughs. Well, I think uh, you would be dumb not to. Too yeah. much? <laughs> nope. Spot on. Okay. So... Moving on to the final episode, episode five, Cry Wolf. Uh, this episode picks up immediately. right after, yeah. yeah, immediately after the end of episode four, and you have a, a good old conversation with the Crooked Man. He basically wants to buy you out. Room. Yeah, yeah, he's trying to buy you out, and I suspect that you can't actually be bought out no matter what happens, but I was just like, well, no, I, fuck well, you. Well, the You're thing is, I, I realized that no matter... Uh, yo, uh, what I said, uh, and yeah, even if I agreed to being bought out, yeah, he was going to double cross me anyway, eventually, just because of what happened. Because we he we find out that Georgie was behind the uh, prostitute uh, murders. Yep, and um, uh, 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 allegedly under the Crooked Man's direct order, and the Crooked Man said, "No, no, you just simply misunderstood my directive." Yeah. So and he wants to uh, take care of it internally. Yeah, which and basically means nothing will happen, probably. Or he'll just kill Georgie. He might, and then replace him with somebody else. And I said, "No, I'm taking you both in." Um, did the did you make a guess at who had actually done the murders? Because there's a couple ways that dialogue can actually play out. Um, the I just man said, can uh, ask you who did it. I just said, "Well, okay, who did it?" Because. I wasn't sure at this point. Um, I, I knew the crooked man was behind it, but yo, I, he didn't seem the type to get his hands dirty. And there was yo, more than a couple options. I mean, the Jersey Devil, the uh, Tweedles, or Tweedle, and of course Georgie. I, I, I wasn't sure who. Yeah. I mean, you find out that it was Georgie who was the one that actually pulled the ribbons on the girls. Or did he? Dun, there's dun, dun. Something interesting related to another character with that. Um, but anyways, uh, the, the Cricket Man does say that Georgie did it, regardless of who you say. If you get it 
right. If you get it right, they're they're like, well done, you're a good detective. If you get it wrong, they're just like, no, it's not who you think it is. It doesn't really matter. Just you can guess differently. Um, but eventually, the cricket man is like, well, I see that this isn't going to go the way that I want it to. And the Jersey Devil and the remaining Tweedle, or both Tweedles if they're both there, um, and Georgie all fight you. And uh, do you go Teen Wolf or you go Teen full? Wolf? Okay, you go Teen Wolf, and you beat all of them, um, except for uh, Bloody Mary, who the Crooked Man is like, "Oh, come get me out of this!" So she comes out of a mirror and takes him away. Um, Georgie gets stabbed in the stomach during the process of this, and seems like he's going to die. And what, what was her name? Vivian. Yeah, Vivian. Um, she gets him. And runs to the portal with him, trying to get him yeah, to safety. Yeah, uh, during the fight, this giant, uh, uh, I guess stained glass window, uh, they're in like some sort of church or something, uh, Yeah, uh, gets broken, revealing the uh, portal, uh, or a portal like you stepped through at the uh, end of episode four. So you're chasing through and uh, uh, grab, uh, or you know, go after them, uh, after dealing with the underlings. Yeah. Um, uh, stab the Jersey Devil again as well, if I yeah. recall correctly. Yeah, he does. Um, so then you, you chase chase after them, and as you go through the portal, you see Georgie and Vivian leaving in a car. And I can't remember if the Crooked Man's limo was in this scene or not. Yeah, it was. But you do see the Crooked Man's... Okay, you, but you definitely see the Crooked Man's limo later. You go full werewolf, and there's a, a QTE as you run through the streets and across building top, tops chasing the cars. Yeah, definitely uh, not, uh, you know, being conspicuous here. Yeah. Uh, and then you have the option which car to jump on, either Georgie's car or the limo. D- it doesn't really make a difference. It forces you to go to Georgie's place first. Yeah, see, I, did you- I, I, I tried to uh, go for the Crooked Man's limo, but it was uh, closer to the edge of the screen and it went to Georgie's car. I'm not sure if that was being forced or... No, you can actually jump on the limo, but if you jump on the limo... Uh, Bloody Mary is able to knock you off of it. And you're like, well, shit. Uh, hopefully Georgie went to his club. So then you go to the club. So regardless, you wind up at the pudding. All right, so I landed on Georgie's car and yeah, went for a ride. Yep. Uh, you get to the pudding and pie and everybody goes inside. And then obviously if you take the limo path, you show up at the pudding and pie a little bit later, but the scene plays out exactly the same. Georgie yeah. and Vivian are inside. Yeah, Georgie is in a bad state because he got disemboweled. Yeah. And uh, Georgie's not strong enough to survive that. Yeah. Or who knows, maybe that who knows, maybe that would be a fatal wound anyway. It's a little hard to tell with these guys. Yeah. I I figured that if they'd gotten the dock, he would have been okay, but you don't get the choice to call the dock at the end of it, no matter what you do. Um But you get into a this, these interactions with Georgie yeah, and, and Vivian. Uh, yeah, and a and, lot of information uh, gets revealed here, particularly yeah, a, who behind who's behind all the ribbons. It's yeah. not Georgie, it's Vivian. Yeah, it's Vivian. She's the original ribbon. Yeah, her, um, yeah, her and, story is about uh, having a ribbon but not be able to talk about it. And if she removes it, well, she loses her head. Literally. Yeah. And uh, they used uh, the power of her ribbon to make copies and tied it to her ribbon 
as a act of discretion for their clients. And originally it was just a gimmick, you know, just to get people in the door because, you know, it's a strip club. You know, there's tits. Uh, you know, right. Uh, fables uh, uh, don't want to uh, be R-rated. They want to be PG-rated. So uh, they don't want people to talk about them being there. So their discretion as our guarantee became a little bit of a gimmick. But then the crooked man came in and took them over and uh, uh, corrupted it. Yeah. Yep. Um, and you, you're given the choice to take Vivian's ribbon off yourself. But no matter what you do, she stops you and yeah, she commits does it suicide. herself. Yeah, yeah. I, did I, you try I, and take her enough? No, I said no. We would have to. We could find another way. Maybe we could uh, take you to the thirteenth floor, and which is where all the uh, witches that work for uh, uh, the woodland or yeah, the uh, for Fable Town uh, are located, and that's where we ended up sending Andy Greenleaf uh, to yeah, work. I, I, uh, I uh, uh, we uh, uh, Bigby was hoping that maybe they could find something a way to break the spell, but she said, "Yeah, no, this is the only way. Uh, if I uh, remove my ribbon, everyone else is able. It, it, the spell is broken on all the other ribbons. Moves the ribbon, her head flies off. She's dead." Yeah, I I tried to pull it myself because Georgie's like, "You don't have the guts to make a hard decision like that." And I was like, "Fuck you, Georgie. Yes, I do." And I went to go pull it off, and she's like, "No, I'm tired of people telling me what to do and how to live my life and what I can and can't do." I'm a strong, independent was, woman. For she was like, "I was for the next uh, five seconds." She was like, "I was always gonna make this decision at some point, and I guess now's the time." And then she pulls the ring, and Georgie's very sad because she died, and it's implied that they had a bit of a a love story, or that they were at least more than just yeah, uh, yeah, you they, know, more than just Georgie was her boss. Yeah, and it said that uh, in some point that uh, Vivian never did any of the dirty work, yeah, you know, the prostitution. So yeah, you know, it's impl- uh, you know, strongly implied that uh, she uh, you know, was uh, favored by Georgie, which you know makes me think that you know he was in love with her, and uh, at least to some degree. Yeah, uh, and then Georgie's laying there on the floor. Yeah, very graphically, his uh, guts hanging out. Oh yeah, and he says that he's gonna die no matter what. Um, and he's like, you want to kill me, don't you? Go ahead and kill me. And you can resist it first. And he's like, no, uh, you know, he's essentially like, put me out of my misery, make it quick. And then you can choose whether or not to kill Georgie or leave him to die on his own. I left the, I left the prick. I killed him. Uh, it's, uh, uh, rather sad because I, I wasn't sure which was the, considered the good choice here. I mean, honestly, they both suck, but I was playing Big B as, he, uh, you know, he killed uh, Tweedledum out of a, you know, in a point of weakness. And he didn't want to do, have more blood on his hands, even though, you know, he did stab Georgie. Yeah. I played it as um, a mercy killing. Mm-hmm. Bigby knows he's going to die, and he can either leave him to suffer, or he can just go ahead and put him out of his misery. It's a shame I that mean, they didn't mention the doctor at any point. Yeah, because I, I feel like the doctor could have probably saved him. Uh, even if they just said, uh, 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 yeah, uh, Big B uh, talked about getting uh, Doc Swanhart and uh, 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 Georgie Porgy saying, well, I, no, I don't have uh, enough time. I'm uh, fading here. But, yeah. but yeah, yeah, leave him to bleed out. Uh, uh, it's just ice cold. A, a lot colder than I was expecting Big B to be. He slowly walks out, turns off the lights, and locks the door. Oh, no, that if you kill him, you just, I mean, you pull his guts the rest of the way out if you kill him. Damn. 
and then you're also you just to snap his neck or something. That's what I thought he was going to do too, because the first time I played, I I left him to live, so I killed him this time, and it, and yeah, he pulls his guts the rest of the way out and throws them on the floor, and then he leaves. I mean, it, it's it's inconsequential. It you know, it's determined that Georgie dies, and the crooked man later is like, oh, Georgie's dead, isn't he? But then it never comes up again. No one questions it. Yeah, I, so. I was well. I was also assuming that uh, Snow would be highly pissed if I killed him. Yeah, Snow doesn't say anything about it either. Um, so after that, uh, Georgie tells you where to go because he wants you to yeah, get he w- revenge because yeah, the crooked man sold him out. Yeah, he wants to take the crooked man down with him. So he he sends you to a warehouse, um, and you go to the warehouse, and as you walk inside. Uh, Bloody Mary is like taunting you from somewhere you don't know where. Yeah, she's able you to teleport. Some, it turns out. Yeah, you see some photos of Faith and Narissa and, and actually Snow you as well and yourself. Yeah, and then you find the 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 rack thing, the torture rack, and I forget where it is. You walk into a room and uh, Bloody Mary appears behind you, and the crooked man walks in, and you talk for a minute. And then he leaves, and, you know, he's like, come find me after you kill him. And she's like, ho, ho, this is going to be fun. And Yeah, the entire time she's talking about how you're uh, so big and bad, everybody was scared of you, but not anymore. Yeah, and you go through this sort of horror style yeah, I mean, uh, this was, set uh, of QTEs. Yeah, this was really unnerving, and a lot of them were very twitch. Uh, yeah, just split second. Yeah, like you're... you're wandering around trying to find her yeah i was uh, <coughs> i was able to do this without dying but part of me was wondering if uh, you know uh, there was a fail state uh, fail state here and it turns out that i guess there is yeah the first time i played through it i missed all of the twitch uh qtes yeah i missed so- a couple but then i started you know <coughs> uh, really uh, watching and i was able to grab a couple and i guess that prevented me from you know, dying from a thousand cuts yeah, basically oh, that's what happens. Yeah, don't do that. That was an accident. Sorry. Well, that, well, that's a lot um, of static. That that buzz. But she, uh, she's also able to copy herself. I guess mirrors. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But she uh, turns into this horrific beast. Uh, yeah, with the mirror shards sticking out of her. And then yep. you start. Uh, uh, well, uh, Mister Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> um. But, yeah, she comes after you, and you're in um, uh, werewolf form at first. Yeah. Fighting her off, and then she kind of pins you down. Yeah, yeah, she's got yeah, yeah, more you. and more uh, uh, bloody berries or uh, just everywhere. There, there had to be probably a hundred of them total. Yeah, and then you go Big Bad Wolf. Yeah, which, full Big Bad Wolf. Yeah, which, it was cool to finally, Yeah, it was cool to finally see Big Bad Wolf because I, I was a little disappointed uh, up to this point because I wasn't sure, you know, Big Bad Wolf was, you know, just, you know, well, he's kind of a werewolf, I guess. Uh, you know, you never saw him just go full out, but yeah. you finally see him to go full out. It's a great reveal too. Like they did a good job, I think, keeping it until the last chapter. Yeah, and they also the last episode. Well, whenever they do a, a transformation with him, they never have it on screen. They always cut away, mostly probably to save budget because you know having a character go from one face to another it, it is very intensive to you know, do a lot of in between modeling. And with how Telltale's animations have been for me. <laughs> Yeah, I can only imagine how buggy that would have been. Yeah, there's one 
scene where you get to see his arm get really hairy. That's the only transformation you get to see on well, the screen. Well, even, even then, it's already hairy when it cuts to it. Yeah. So that that doesn't even count. You, know, you never see the actual, you know, from one to another. It's always, you know, you see it at bits and parts, or you see the complete transformation to one stage. You know, you see his arms start to get hairy. His, uh, the biggest transformation you really see is he, his uh, teeth start to grow and his eyes glow. But even then, you know, that's only a small <clears> thing. It's always, uh, you see the complete stage, not the in-between. Yeah. So, uh, you finally get B- B- uh, Big Bad Wolf, and uh, he just starts annihilating all the copies of Bloody Mary. Yeah, he crushes some of them, he eats some of them. At one point, he uses his, uh... Huff and Puff? Uh, his Huff and Puff power, um, and blows a bunch of them into the wall, and, and they shatter. shatter. Yeah. And then finally, you get yeah. down to the last one, yeah, which there's is the one, original Bloody Mary. Yeah, there's one that uh, is uh, avoiding the fight and yeah, trying to stay away. It's obvious, you know, that's uh, the original. Yeah. And he's trying to get her, and uh, she's dodging, scratches him a couple times. Yeah, and she does one last attempt. Like, she pulls a giant glass shard out of her head and jumps at him and tries to kill him. Yeah, why would you keep the glass shard there? I don't know. But uh, he grabs her out of midair and crushes her in his mouth and then transforms back to regular old Bigby. Yeah, uh, there and, is something I wanted to uh, ask you a question on. Just how okay. many times has Bigby stolen clothes in this game? I don't know. Because every time he goes into a transformation, oh, beyond except for uh, Teen Wolf. Well, well, uh, well not even Teen. Uh, yeah, uh, well, getting past you know, glowy eyes and hairy arms. Uh, going past that, he loses his shirt, and it's uh, implied that yeah, it just rips off of him. Every time he's able to find a shirt, that's exactly his size, <laughs> a white shirt with a black tie. With the tie, yeah. yeah. I mean, every like, single time. I mean, granted, this time it's implied that I'm guessing the crooked man threw the clothes down. It's like, I don't want to negotiate you with you while you're naked. I don't want to uh, you know, see the little wolf. Well, one time, the, when when the dog's patching him up one time, he gets clothes from his apartment. Yeah. And one time he gets clothes from the office. But yeah, every other time... Yeah, there's a... Just there just on the finds roof. clothes somewhere. It's like, okay, is, is there some sort of clothes fairy falling around? <laughs> his fairy godmother. Bippity-boppity-boo. A white shirt and black tie for you. And, um, and, and that you just heard was the magic mirror groaning at that room. Even the magic mirror has taste. <laughs> oh. But, uh, so after that, he goes up to the office where the Crooked Man is. Uh, and the Crooked Man's got a gun with silver bullets in it. And if you try and take, like, if you just wait, you'll keep talking, but they, you have the opportunity to try and take the gun away from him or knock it down. And he shoots a bullet, uh, like into the ground or the ceiling or something. And it's just like, next time I won't miss. Uh, and then you have a conversation with the Crooked Man. Um, and you can choose, uh, ultimately it comes down to, you can bring him in for a trial yeah. or you can kill him right then and there. And then if you bring him in for the trial, there's something about him having the gun, but you can just take it away from him. Yeah, Cause see, basically during the conversation, you back him into the corner and you're right next to him and you can get the gun without him having a chance to shoot it. Yeah. This is something that really puzzled me. Maybe it's the fact that I won the trial is that why does he want to have a trial all of a sudden? Um, well, because you can lose the trial. 
if yeah. you've made essentially poor choices throughout, or even if you made good choices, essentially, uh, and you get to the trial, if you do a really shit job prosecuting him, he can actually win over the crowd. Yeah, see, that's uh, that, that's why I was a, you know, a little bit of a head-scratcher for me, because it didn't really make sense. I wasn't sure if I could lose the trial or not. Yeah. So when you lose the trial, just to skip ahead just a little bit, and then we'll go back. Mm-hmm. Um, if you lose the trial, it takes away the option to imprison him. So he still is gone, but if you lose the trial, you can't imprison him. You either have to throw him down the witching well, or you have to kill him by brutally ripping his head off. So pretty much uh, no change. Well, if, if you imprison him, did you imprison him? Yes. Okay. I mean, relative, relativistically to the end of the story, aside from how characters perceive you, no, there's no change. But if if you lose the trial, you yeah, that's, have to kill him. Yeah, that's just why, you know... Yeah. I was a little head scratcher with the trial, especially since it's been implied that, you know, it's essentially a kangaroo court and, you know, it's whatever the government wants. Granted, it, this is no white in charge now, so maybe he's uh, counting on her to be more lenient, but even then, that seems so odd. Yeah. And that, that's probably my weakest part of the story is that, you know, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for the crooked man to trust uh, getting a fair trial or even be able to really talk. Yeah. It seems out, out of character to him. He's always been in control. You would uh, think that he would uh, try to negotiate a little bit more. Yeah. Um, so, it, I, I've brought him back for the trial both times, so I don't actually know what happens if you kill him. And I imagine Snow would be go pissed. back without him. Probably there are quite a few characters who want him to die, anyways, so they're probably okay if you kill him. But I'd say Snow would be really pissed at you. Um, but you bring him back for the trial, which is the decision that we went with, and you have a very long interaction where that lots of people are talking, and you get lots of chances to make conversational choices, which direct how whether or not the crowd is on your side or the crooked man's side and all of that's a combination of the choices that you made making characters more happy with the new government's decisions or pissed off at them and wanting to stick up for the crooked man and then how well you do with actually responding to the crooked man because i mean basically if you're just like a huge dick to him or don't say anything um unless you made all the right choices, you wind up losing enough of the crowd support that you can't do the the prison mm-hmm. option. Um, but if you made plenty of, of the correct choices, quote unquote, and do a good job actually talking to him and having these interactions, you win the crowd support. They all take your side. Um, and he's like, oh, good job. You, you did it. Except... I didn't actually do any of these crimes. As you've said, all of my underlings did these crimes. Which, act, which I mean, in real life is bullshit. You can get well, crime well, bosses on lots of things, even if they don't do any of the actual crimes themselves. So he would still wind up guilty well, in a well, real he, court. Well, he pointed out the parallel between himself and uh, the Fabletown government by pointing out that Bigby killed Tweedledum. Yeah. And... Uh, not quite the same. I mean, that's self-defense. Yeah, I'm, I'm, well, and Grin and someone else say that. Well, that was self-defense, though. They were trying to kill him. Yeah, and you and you get by on that one. Although they might not defend you if you just really pissed them off and weren't nice to them. Yeah, see, I don't know. Yeah, see, they really stick up uh, for me, but 
uh, at the same time, <laughs> then there's the parallel. Uh, th- that's an internal matter. And Crooked Man's like, where have I heard that one before? <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Narissa shows up. Yes, then Narissa shows up. It says and that she was in the room when the order was given. Right. Because and- uh, he was trying to get himself off on the technicality that there was no evidence. Right. And she provides eyewitness testimony that he actually was the one who gave the order to have it all done. And everyone's like, oh, yes, absolutely. Then we have enough to convict him. The will! Then you have to to choose between three options. Throwing him down the witching well, uh, imprisoning him, which you later find out means that Auntie Greenleaf turns him into a crow. Or just pop his head off. Or, yeah, you just pop his head off and kill him right there. And you, um, I, 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 at first I hit, uh, yeah, throw him down the well. And immediately he throws his, uh, uh, yeah, his uh, handcuffed, uh, handcuffs around your neck and tries to drag you down the well with him. Yeah, he does that no matter what. Yeah, which, um, uh, yeah, once again, why is he doing this? Uh, yeah, yeah, trying to throw himself down the well? I think he's trying, like, I mean, you wind up, you know, he... Obviously, you're going to overpower him. And he gets you over to the well, and you get free of him, and you hold him over the well, and he's like, yes, do it. Show them how terrible you are. Throw me down the well. Show me the but big, it's like, bad wolf. Yeah, but it's like, that's literally what we were probably going to do anyways. So that doesn't do anything. Like, that was your sentence that was issued to you to be carried out initially. Yeah, then, um, uh, uh, well, the reason why Bigby's making this choice anyway is that Officially, he's the only actually appointed official there. Right. Because Snow because White is still acting. Yeah, she just took over for uh, Ichabod. So and uh, and the, the mayor isn't even there, King Cole. Yeah. yeah the jolly so. old soul. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and then you get, a, you get the final choice. You can throw him down the well. Well, after him. seeing him want, want the well... I decided to imprison him. Yeah, um, I was I was gonna throw him down the well because the first time I imprisoned him, and then I got to that scene and I had the exact same thought: like, you want me to throw you down the well? Fuck you! I'm gonna imprison you. Yeah, which makes me wonder, yeah, why Bigby would uh, bring him in in the first place? Uh, outside of, you know, maybe if I bring him in, I could get laid. Yeah, I'm very quickly looking through the summary here on the wiki to see if that what happens if you throw him down the well. Probably nothing. I'm. Uh, this feels like uh, you know, a false choice, really. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, uh, teasing something that isn't, because you know, uh, the well is kind of the traditional uh, punishment for you know, major infractions. So, them introducing uh, the imprisonment is Snow White trying to be a condor government? Yeah, so it looks like if you throw him down the well... There's no difference aside from you obviously don't get the scene where Auntie Greenleaf comes and shows you his cage. If you rip his head off brutally in front of everyone, that scene where there's you walk past the line of fables outside the business office, they all look scared of you. Well, and can't blame them there. It looks like your interaction at the very end with Narissa is different too if you killed him right then. Because she's, she's proud of you for being essentially the, the better person if you either throw him down the well or imprison him but she's worried you're going to be just as brutal as he was if he ripped his head off so so essentially a, a late 11th hour choice for a lot of uh, story yeah 
Um, so anyways, regardless of however you deal with yeah, they, the... Uh, yeah, Annie Greenleaf does say that she removed the tongue because he had a sharp one. Yeah. Which I chuckled at that. Um, but then after that, you go through basically the ending. You have a little chat with Snow... And then, yeah, who is way too busy uh, to you know, let a uh, dog bury a bone. Y- yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, does Colin... I assume Colin doesn't walk past you in the hallway if you chose to send him to the farm. Uh, no, he doesn't. He's uh, in the truck already. Okay, so in the, in the hallway, he's got uh, a six-pack of beer, and he, like, winks at you and then walks towards your apartment. <laughs> if you chose to let him stay. Uh, and then you go outside... And you have a brief conversation with Flycatcher, which or, I guess this was... Yeah, this is uh, where the game bugged out a little bit. Yeah, see, bugged out. But it, yeah. it, it, uh, the only major line I would have had from Flycatcher didn't play. Yeah, I mean, it's... For me, it's just like, oh, hey, Big B, thanks for the job. And you're like, here, you forgot your keys. And he's like, oh, man, thanks. Yeah, so uh, uh, Flycatcher got the job anyway. Oh, okay. So does he go yeah, to... Yeah, he's the truck driver. I guess if you don't um, if you don't offer him the job, he probably goes and talks to Snow White and gets the job that way. Yeah. Yeah, we'll go with that. Um, but then you talk to Toad and TJ in the truck, and Toad's pissed, and I basically was like, oh, you should have bought your glamour. Yeah, pretty much uh, that was uh, my take on it as well, particularly since... Yo, I gave him the money, and he had time. Yep. And then for me, there's a line about, uh, I guess if I was better friends with you, I wouldn't have to go, would I? Ooh. Because I let Colin stay. Yeah, see, I didn't and get I just, that. I didn't respond to that. I chose to smoke. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then TJ talks to you, and he offers a present for Snow White, and it's one of his bugs. Yeah, it's uh, our second-to-last major choice, uh, and I accepted uh, TJ's gift for Snow. Which, 98.5%. So there's a, you know, a very small uh, percentage of assholes out there. Yeah. Uh, it makes me wonder, though, what's the interaction? I don't know. I was tempted, because, I mean, I, I took the gift the first time. I was tempted to yeah, say I've, no, just to see what it would yeah, be. Especially seeing that percentage. But I chose not to, because Bigby wouldn't do that. My Bigby wouldn't do that. Um, and then you see Narissa across the street. Yep. As it starts to rain. Yep. And you have uh, a, so he walks. A, yeah, you have a small interaction with her, and this is the really the last scene of the game. Yep, and she repeats some of the lines. Well, first of all, the, well, the, there's some other things before. Uh, first of all, she reveals that she lied. Yeah, she she um, uh, well, lied indirectly. About- she, she didn't mean to let her let him know, uh, but she talked about how she was uh, in the club uh, when. Uh, Faith came in, and uh, Georgie uh, uh, took uh, Faith's ribbon off. And why Georgie did it is that they were staging uh, essentially a rebellion, trying to get out. And they figured out a way to do it, to steal the photo that you found of Crane with uh, Snow White. And sarcasm quotes there. And she got scared. Well, uh, well, it wasn't, uh, was it... Uh, Faith or Lily that grabbed the picture. One of them uh, did it. And she got scared because she figured that them having physical evidence 
would uh, draw too much attention from the crooked man and that trying to deal with the crooked man wouldn't be the same as Georgie. So she confessed to Georgie that uh, they uh, stole a photo and uh, begged forgiveness from Georgie, you know, assuming that you know, he had some sort of heart. Which, you know, uh, Bigby could have tried to find when he was pulling his guts out. I mean, would have been... Uh, he, he was in the neighborhood, right? Yeah. But uh, Georgie told the crooked man, the crooked man gave the order to silence uh, the... Well, uh, two of the three. Uh, it's not explained why uh, Darissa got away. Uh, really, because that one doesn't make much sense either when I really think about it, because uh, maybe the crooked man was seeing Darissa as, you know, being... Under Oil. his thumb uh, more? Yeah, that's what the, what I thought was implied, like, because she was, you know, quote-unquote loyal and snitched on the others that he let her live because... And also uh, because her conscience uh, would have those two deaths on it. And it also yeah. uh, comes all the way back around to the first episode when you found a uh, small p- patch of ripped cloth. Well, it turns out it was from her jeans. Uh, she yeah. left... Uh, at least one of the heads, probably both, to be honest, even though Lily's head isn't really explained uh, how yeah. it got there. But, you know, it's implied that she left at least, uh, yeah, well, she said Faith's, but at least uh, Lily's is likely as well. And considering Big B was talking about how it was lovingly placed there, you know, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, essentially, she's trying to set Big B on the path. And then. The lines are repeated from the first episode that, uh, uh, Mr. Wolf, you're not as bad as everybody thinks you are. Yep. Which makes me think one of two things. Either we never interacted with Larissa to begin with, it was Faith the entire time, and we dealt with a fake uh, Faith that was dead, and that has creeds in two ways, really. One, it fits Faith's story to begin with. Her, uh, fable that she escaped mm-hmm. uh, at, under a cloak you know a yep. glamour in this p- case and originally when uh, Lily's bodies uh, uh, was uh, remained glamoured until the tube was open well if the tube was on Faith's body that we never found by the way uh, and remained intact then uh, Faith's head would have remained you know as Faith uh, and granted you know Ichabod probably threw the head down the well pretty soon thereafter anyway. Yeah. The other way um, is that, you know, it, uh, we interacted with Narissa as Faith. It, it gets confusing, doesn't it? Yeah. And then we interact with Narissa as Faith at the beginning, and, and they trade glamoured. Off. Yeah. And then they trade, and then Faith actually gets killed. Yeah, and, the, and they said in the club in episode two that they often cover for one another. Yeah. So, I took it as the second way. I thought the first one was a possibility, but it seemed to make more sense. Yeah, it in makes my more sense the second, second way, one. but thematically, especially with how Faith's uh, story played out, it makes a lot more sense the first way with that. So, who yeah, knows? It, it could it could be either one. It, but you see some flashes as, you know, flashbacks as Big V recalls these conversations mm-hmm. and things. And then it gives you your final choice whether or not to go after Narissa or to just leave her be. Well, and the, walk well, the important choice before that it was your final words to Narissa. Oh, right. Yeah. What were your final words to Narissa? I hope I've done some good here. 
mine were as well. Which and was over half the people that said that. that. Yeah. So. And then you could choose to go after her or not, which I figured uh, she's finally free. She, uh, granted, she does keep the ribbon on, but I imagine that's more of a psychological thing. And I imagine, uh, yeah, you will have words about that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I tried to. I also tried to remove the ribbon. I, 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 I didn't. Okay. I, I figured, uh, yeah, uh, she'll remove it in time. Yeah, I, I, I try to remove it, and it. I mean, she doesn't really get upset at you if you try. She's just like, I know you're trying to help me, but this is something I have to do when I'm ready. And, you know, you're basically like, okay, that makes sense. I'll leave it be then. Uh, uh, no, you don't say that. You just sit there and smoke. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I've done both. The first time I played through, I followed her. And the second, this time I played through, I let her be. I mean, it just cuts to black after each one. Just if you choose to follow her, Bigby starts walking down the street after her. Um, and, like, it looks like he's about to start running, and then the screen cuts to black. Oh, what a tease. Yeah. I can see why people really wanted, uh, wanted season two then. Yeah. Um, but, Great. but this time, do you think, I do you think season two would, uh, carry on with this story, or do you think it'd be another story? Uh. It, I mean, I, this does wrap up fairly nicely, except for that one last mystery, which. Yeah, it's got a hook for potentially a sequel. I mean, I imagine that it would have to pick up, maybe not exactly right after that point, but that would be the story. There, that would somehow tie into the story of the next one. I mean, we'll find out. It's supposed to be coming out this year, right? Season yeah. two. Yeah, Grant, so, I won't pick it up until it's done. I probably well, well, yeah, I won't pick it up till it's done either. But hopefully, it'll be actually. Be uh, I mean, you don't pick up Telltale before uh, they're done. No, but and that's that's it. That's the game. You get a quick little recap of all of the minor choices that you made. Well, not all, but some of the more minor choices that you made. But you said you didn't take notes of. I did, but we I mean we've pretty much brought all of those up as we've went. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, who you that's killed? It. That's uh, that's how the game ends. Um. Yeah, it turns out Bigby just sits there and smokes. Yep. I love how they keep making fun of his cigarettes too. But I like that they're uh, called Huff and Puff. Yeah, yeah, cheap ass brand. But yeah, I like how that's a reference to Huff and Puff and blow your house down. Mm-hmm. That's cute. Um. There were other little references too. You said there was some Telltale stuff. Uh, yeah, that the, I yeah, in missed. the lounge at one point, uh, there's the Sam and Max theme that's from Poker Night at the Inventory that I noticed. Okay. Uh, there was a bottle of Banang, which was from Sam and Max. I'm trying to remember where it was. I think it was was it in Ichabod's car. I I remember reading about that one. I didn't see it myself. I don't know. I don't think I saw any of the references to Sam and Max or anything like that. Uh, there, uh, uh, of course, the Yellow Brick Roadhouse. Yep. Yep, I saw that. There's lots of references to things on the various houses and shops. Um, I thought that was pretty cute. Then there was, you know, the, the magic lamp from Aladdin that's in Ichabod Crane's place. And there's some stuff in the pawn shop that's references to other things. There's a reference to uh, the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. Obviously, you go to the butcher, but yeah, reference. yeah, they all they said that he's on the same block. Yeah, which was uh, uh, funny. Um, uh, let's see. I'm just seeing if there's any major ones. Uh, uh, uh somebody calls Red Riding Hood a slut. <laughs> I don't remember who it is. I think it's Holly. At one point, I wonder if that would be Big B as well. I don't know. Would that be? Maybe. Would that be the same wolf? Yeah. 
It's, just, it's the same wolf. Uh, there's some stuff in the Tweedle's office that's little references beyond just the folders that talk about Cinderella and their fables. So there's lots of little references to other things. There's probably some direct references to the comic books that I don't get because I haven't read enough of them. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you know, they're not like too in your face. They're just little things. It's like, oh, I noticed this. That's nice. Nice little Easter eggs. But yeah, overall, I really that, enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I mean, like I said it at the beginning, like many hours ago, Wolf Among yeah, Us. Yeah, I would is say about three at this point. <laughs> Wolf Among Us is up there at either one or two for the Telltale games for me. I mean, it's one right now because it's you know the most recent one that I've played. But I mean, it's an excellent story, great game, lovely art style, good soundtrack. We didn't really talk about the soundtrack, but the soundtrack is very pulpy, very noir feeling. Also, a bit of like '80s style sort of yeah, techno in there yeah, too. Yeah, it's set in the, the 80s. story takes place in the '80s. Yeah, late '80s. I mean, Georgie Porgy's phone. Yeah, the giant cordless phone that's like as big as his head. Uh-huh. All of the cars very clearly '70s and '80s body styles on those. Yeah, I wonder if Georgie Porgy has to worry about cancer from all the radiation coming off that thing. <laughs> well, I guess I not know. anymore. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, overall, it's just an excellent game. Top to bottom, start to finish. Uh, aside from Telltale's usual issues when it comes to their engine and technical problems, which, not too bad. Uh, well, this well was... the fact that, you know, I had a line that didn't play. Yeah. I mean, uh, the animation things, it's one of those things that... If I wasn't watching for it after dosing it once, I probably could have missed most of them. Yeah. But, oh, that that line not playing was uh, definitely, yeah, yeah, not a good sign. I, I mean, I'm just they, glad they, it was yeah, at the very end of the game. And it was a this, non-con- uh, inconsequential line, you know? This is like a perfect bugless game compared to Game of Thrones. Jesus. Game of Thrones is probably the worst one they've ever done. Because they tried to take their engine, which does not do photorealism well and make it look realistic because obviously the TV show and boy was it a mess yeah but at least there's tits right there were some tits but they don't look very good honestly oh so you'd rather have uh, the wolf among us tits uh, yeah actually the wolf among us tits look better because they're kind of artistic and you know have that sort of comic uh, page look to it instead of just being like square <laughs> I didn't know there was tits in Minecraft story mode. Hey, um, yeah. Any sort of final thoughts or generalizations that we didn't cover? Anything you want to? Uh, I'm go not through? sure. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to the second season. I won't yep. pick it up right away because Telltale. Uh, and I do hope that they sit down and actually polish their engine, or, or yeah, move on to something else because that would be nice. Yeah. Uh, does this make you want to play any of the other Telltale games? Uh, the hook, honestly, the hook for most of them is you have to be into the thing yeah, that the story's about. Yeah, and that's the problem is that most of their bothered stuff, I'm not really into. Batman looks interesting, but the first season had some severe performance problems. Yeah. And supposedly that's uh, better in season two, but yeah, you're missing out on a good chunk of the story. Yeah. I would uh, 
I would suggest to you Borderlands. I know you don't really care much for the Borderlands shooters anymore, but the Borderlands universe and art style are perfect for for Telltale. And like I said earlier, the the Borderlands Telltale adventure is is one of my top two, alongside Wolf Among Us. So the production value is just as good. The story is is from what I remember, just about as tight as the Wolf Among Us. And uh, it's nice to see that universe from a different angle besides just kill all the things and loot all the stuff. And memes. Don't forget the memes. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, right right now it's not on sale, but, I mean, Tales for the Borderlands goes on sale every time there's a sale. So, I've got it both on Steam. I think I paid eight or nine bucks for it. Uh, and then I also have it on Xbox because it was one of the quote-unquote free games at one point. Yeah, free games as long as you buy in. Yeah. That never made sense to me. Uh, you know, people defending uh, the paid subscription because you get free games. Well, guess what? I get free games as well. Thanks, Humble Bundle. Right. Um, but I, and I Obama. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> I don't think I have anything else to add. I mean, one of the things about going through the entire game step by step is that we talk about pretty much everything along the way. So, yeah, I, I mean, definitely my earlier recommendation still stands by this game. Yeah, supposedly I was doing a quick search, it. and it looks like season two is not going to be a continuation. They uh, consider this an ambiguous ending, and uh, they want to leave it at that. That's fair. Yeah, I don't. Really, I can respect I, that. Yeah, I don't really have a problem with that. I mean, that's uh, also a noir thing. Yeah, and yeah, I, you know, I actually really like uh, the fact that they won't give us a direct uh, answer. At least, uh, maybe right away. Maybe we'll find out down the line. Yeah, it also might be answered in the comics as well. This might be a thread. Yeah, since this was a prequel, and at the time of release, I think the first, I don't know, seventy or eighty issues were out. This might be something that they did in the comics. Yeah, because so, right at the end, they do have a pretty big add-up for the comics. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think uh, I think we're done here. Go play this game if you haven't already. Great, we probably spoiled a little bit. <laughs> yeah, we spoiled it a little bit. But, I mean, we left out lots of little details because we would be here for literally ten hours if we tried to talk about everything. We hit all the high points and went sort of beat by beat, but yeah, there's stuff that we missed. Plus, it would require a lot more extensive notes. Yeah. And now you can also have your own adventure. Make different choices and see all of the witty dialogue and jokes and things like that. Yeah, so. the deadpan snarker that is Big B Wolf. Yep. So, if you haven't already picked this game up, next time it's on sale, play through it. It's definitely worth your time. Uh, and speaking of time, I think it's time to move on to the next topic on our list, which is our next game club for February. Yeah, and speaking of time, this is going to take a long time to play. Yes, indeed it is, because our game is Xenonauts. Uh, typically, well, typ- last year we had a theme for February to do like a, a love story yeah, or my heart some kind of wings. romance. So we picked, yeah, If My Heart Had Wings. But after coming off of The Wolf Among Us, both of us were kind of like, eh, maybe something that's a little less story focused. And while we've talked about Xenonauts each individually during the games that we've played section, Game Club is always a lot more in-depth. So and this would be a lot play more focused Plus, we're going to get a lot farther in the game than both of us have gotten so far. At least I assume we yeah, will. In unless theory. we really get screwed over. So, Xenonauts. Yeah. And some of you guys have it. 
Yeah, and I've handed off to at least one listener. Yep. I mean, so, hell, I've bought this game three times now. That should say something. Yep. Look forward to doing this one. Could always use an excuse to play more Xenonauts. But, uh, yeah. Do you want to cut um, should we just, Game Club? Uh, let's cut uh, um, um, Cut Game Club. Uh, or Sorry, not I, Game Club. I think you're a little late with that one, champ. I meant... I meant Discovery Q. Do you want to cut let's Discovery cut, Q? Uh, let's cut uh, Community Corner since we only had a couple of tweets. And we'll okay. uh, roll those into next week. Okie dokie. Then let's go do a quick Discovery Q. And hit the go music. theme song. And what the hell did I get immediately? I got a JRPG that looks interesting, but it has some severely mixed re- uh, reviews. So that's always fun. And let me scroll down to the discovery queue, which is not cleared out. Whoops. Sorry about that. Well, to be fair, you left it because, yeah, I have to take note of those. The lost, or sorry, lost sphere. Or is it lost sphere? Lost sphere. Interesting looking. It has a very, I would say, I'm not even sure when to put this uh, time-wise, yeah, console generations, because first thought was, yeah, PlayStation era, but it looks too clean for that. So PlayStation 2 era? Yeah, PS2 or maybe like GameCube. Uh, what was the... Yeah, GameCube would probably couple... be a better option for this. Yeah, I think this looks like a couple of the JRPGs that came to GameCube back in the day. Now, the question is, why does this have bad results? So it looks like it has some weak story or, or in some technical issues, which may be a problem. But it is also a full price game, so I would say probably wait on this uh, if you're interested in it. It does look very old school JRPG though, especially that world map. Ooh, what is this? Oh, horror! Shit! What the fuck? Well, I'm gonna—I was really intrigued up until it said horror. Okay, so I'll put it on the list. I got one that looks uh, actually somewhat interesting. Gridded. This one is also mixed. Okay. And. I like more the theme of this than anything else. All right. Uh, but go ahead and talk okay. about yours first. Uh, Scavenger SV4. Uh, it's a uh, atmospheric first-person sci-fi adventure game, it looks like. Uh, it says it's got some simulation elements um, and a rogue light, some rogue light elements. Uh, but then it says, with a dash of horror. So I'm I'm all aboard for the sci-fi and the but not the realism, oogie boogie, but not the oogie boogie. Yeah, I don't I don't like that. Okay, mine but, is. Uh, uh, do you have anything else? No, I was just gonna say, but I mean, you know, it had me up until then, so put it on the yeah, list. Yeah, mine's a, does like that combination. Mine's an early access title called Hobo Tough Life. It's a city survival RPG, which sounds really interesting, actually. It has some very mixed results, though. Or uh, mixed uh, reviews, but that is a very interesting theme. Huh. This plays a homeless person. Interesting. Uh, see why I was like, ooh. That's an interesting idea. I yeah. wonder if the mixed reviews are for the concept or if the game is bad. Yeah, it looks like it's a bit rough right now, but it is also early access. It's tough to say about this. It's going to be one to keep an eye on, I think. But that is, I, I like the concept of it. It looks like, I want to say Russian uh, uh, city, uh, based on some of the language. Right. Well, speaking of Russian, here's one that you're going to like. Russian Fishing 4. I I was about to say, are you going to be sarcastic with this? 
This is an open world fishing game. Hey, don't you muck no my fishing. It says there's no story. The whole point is to just go fishing wherever you want and that it has RPG elements. I'm getting a hell of a lot of mixed uh, review uh, games this time around. That you know, looks interesting. Uh, I like the idea of this, though. Russian <laughs> RPG fisher. Uh, I'll put well, that on my list. Uh, what are we... Uh, uh, how much is it? Uh, it's not out yet. Ah. It says it releases in May. Yeah, I'm just reading this. Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this, so I'm going to leave this to you to pronounce. Okay, let me go back on the page. Waiting for you to... Oh. Is that French? Allez, uh, it, well, 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 est. Uh, I think it's Latin. Uh, because it's uh, the translation is the die is cask. Uh, cast, sorry. Let me okay. reload the page so I get the URL. It looks like uh, essentially a knockoff of uh, Crusader Kings, almost. Uh, is what Caesar said uh, as he uh, passed uh, the Rubicon River when he learned that the Senate had removed him from his command. Uh Essentially, it, you know, it looks like a, a, a forex strategy. Would that be the proper term? But grand strategy? Yeah, grand strategy. I think. But you can see why I was uh, drawing uh, parallels with Crusader Kings, or you know, maybe Hearts of Iron. But yeah, Crusader Kings looks to be the closer analogy here. It looks uh, yeah very rough though. Yeah. I am through my discovery queue. I only got two this time. Yeah, well, not a lot of stuff that was just like garbage. I just got a lot of stuff that doesn't interest me. I'm getting or... a well. I'm getting a lot of garbage. And, uh, I'm pretty sure this game is from like 1980. What game is it? Uh, I just clicked past it because it looked like it wouldn't run on a modern system. Oh, okay. Huh. Another base game. Uh, quick scroll down. Oh, yeah. I'll throw it on the list anyway because we haven't really had a good one in this genre. But it's probably going to be a not buy. But yeah, it's more of a please somebody do a good game. This Stellar Hub. It's a space station management game slash building game. I've seen this before. Yeah, we've seen a few of these actually. But none of them's really done that well. I mean, we've had Space Base DF9, which Telltale fucking squandered. Uh, Stable Orbit has been uh, pretty much pushed out, but never really had that much content. But it's also more realistic. This looks more, well, uh, the, uh, yeah, why is this relevant to you? Rimworld. It, yeah, it looks Rimworld tower defense ish. It looks interesting, but it's also very rough looking. Yeah, I would love to have a good, uh, yeah, space station builder, something like, uh, you know, Startopia. Even though, th- even though that's not even a good example, because yeah, that's more of just a town builder, but you're in a station. Yeah. What is that? Okay, well, how about one that's mostly positive? <laughs> and uh, it's probably uh, going to. Uh, uh, be very uh, make you very enthusiastic. As Azulgar Star Commanders, some sort of well, uh, Azulgar Star Commanders is a sci-fi action-oriented sandbox role-playing game with FPS elements that puts you in command of a space sta- uh, spaceship, space station, and a fleet with a massive sandbox universe. Sold. Yep. <laughs> uh, this is already on my wish list. 
I didn't recognize the name, but as soon as I saw like the well, I didn't scroll down far enough. The picture. But, I was like, oh, I recognize. Yeah, this it. is an early access title. Well, maybe that's what I was looking for. Looks like it's uh, rated very positively, but there's a lot of negative reviews as well. Basically saying, uh, absolute mess. Uh, start the single player mission only uh, uh, to log on destroyed by yourself with no uh, context menu. <laughs> so, but early access. So, uh, some sort of beat 'em up fighting game. We'll skip that. But it has a lot of anime tits. Uh, I'm getting a lot of very retro games as well. I'm blaming you for this. <laughs> I mean, retro is in, you know, old game, not, you know, retro styled. I'm just clicking through now. Oh, that is rough looking. I mean, rough for even early access. We'll skip that, even though you want it. What is it? Uh, the Warhorn? It's some sort of open world survival puzzle thing. Oh, yep. That's definitely why I want it. Open world survival puzzle. Puzzler. Well, it's on I your wish list, sort of though. Thing. Yeah. Can't tell if it's uh, sarcastic or not. And yeah, I'm done. Sweet. Well, there we go. There's our discovery queue. Yeah, I didn't get... I got a lot that either looked interesting or I liked the theme. I mean, Hobo Tough Life. I would love to see a, yeah, a really good game with that... Uh, 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 theme because that is actually a very interesting uh, topic that could be explored in a game. Yeah, I agree. But that is our discovery queue, which takes us to the part of the podcast where I go first during the wrapping up stages. What's coming out on my stuff and where can you find my stuff? Well, you can find me on the YouTubes by searching for Gaming Psychologist. Uh, there this week. Technically, I guess last week by the time this releases. No, it'll be on Sunday. So, yeah, same week. Um, I dumped the entire five-episode playthrough of Wolf Among Us onto my channel so that people could go watch it uh, if they don't have the game but still want to participate in Game Club, which, just a reminder, we will address any letters that come in next week regarding Wolf Among Us just because of how we wound up recording this time. So you can still go watch that series if you don't own it. Uh, and you can send in a letter based on what you've seen. Obviously, some things will be different because you can't make any of the choices yourself. Um, but you can still get an idea of the story and the characters. Or they could go back in time and you know, uh, put a shotgun to your back. They could do that. Could do that. Um, but then we would also, already know about that. Or would we? Yes. <laughs> and? I'll... Also, there continue to be the Kerbalcast Archive episodes going up on my channel... Uh, are, one here, two there, that sort of are thing. Are people still trying to figure out uh, you know, what happened to Biff? No, no one's asking any more questions, but the they're starting to get views, particularly the early episodes. I don't know if they just listened to the first couple and then haven't come back or what. But oh, To be fair, Biff had, was, a, uh, was an acquired taste. The first episode had like 20-something views the other day, or listens, I guess. There's not really much to watch. It's a static background image, but... And the next few have several as well, but it drops off when you get into the, the teens. Um, but anyways, there's continue to be a smattering of those coming out. You know, one here, one there, two there. I do them in batches and then just put them up. Um, I'm content, or I am working on my Elite Dangerous tutorial series, but I had to put that on hold this weekend just to go through and do Wolf Among Us. So that probably won't be anything new coming out there this week, but that's still in the works. And other than that, I don't have anything else on the docket right now. Um, if we get a chance to record Divinity, 
this week, maybe, but that doesn't seem likely because of what we're going to have to do Tuesday night, which I won't talk about here, but uh, meetings. planning for a future episode. Yeah, we got to have Corporate a business stuff. meeting. Uh, so, yeah, once again, you can find me by searching for Gaming Psychologist on the YouTubes. If you want to follow me on Twitter, where I tweet about all kinds of random things, some politics, some not. Sometimes I, lots of times, I bitch about my internet service provider. Hey, but to be you fair, can you see, can bitch about mine. I could. You could go see all of those things and interact with me on Twitter at JMA4707. If you want to watch me stream games on Twitch, which streams are back, they are at least currently going to be every Thursday evening starting at 9 o'clock. Uh, I still haven't put together a stream schedule, but I intend on doing that this week, uh, even though it's going to be this episode will come out after we stream. I intend on streaming The Ship this coming Thursday. And you can find all of that over at twitch.tv slash jarthur4707. Also, if you want to be my friend on Steam, I accept all friend requests and love to talk to listeners of the show. My Steam username is jarthur4707. And if you wish to let them know exactly what episode of the podcast you're coming from, the password for this week is Huff and Puff. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Oh, yeah, I couldn't help myself there. Fair enough. So what about you, buddy? What have you got going on? Uh, Where can the good people find you? Well, over on Game with Caffeine Rage, I still have only two series running right now. I've got Civ Five uh, uh, recorded for the week, and it's going to be posted uh, on schedule. And, yeah, it's my Inca playthrough. It's been an interesting run so far. I've run into, uh, into some... People that have thrown a wrench into my plants, particularly Venice. Because my plans originally were science... Well, my original plan was either domination or science victory. Well, turns out that the area I'm settled in has little iron. So early game uh, army is going to be hampered severely. So, okay, science and baby uh, uh, diplomacy. Well, then Venice shows up on the scene, and Venice knocks diplomacy down a couple notches. It doesn't make it impossible, but Venice's uh, unique thing is that they don't settle new cities. They only have the one that they have direct control over. Everything else is puppeted cities that they buy out city-states, which is also used in the diplomacy win condition. Granted, it doesn't make it impossible to win diplomacy, but it does make it tougher. Because, uh, you know, usually, if you're doing diplomacy, you could uh, build up a, a city-state rep and, you know, buy your way into friendship with different city-states and work up to the point where you have enough delegates to basically be elected leader of the free world. Well, turns out, can't do that. And we don't have the electoral college here, so can't do, you know, well, I lost the popular vote, but I won anyway. I see what you did. Uh, so I'm still falling back on my science victory, which is going to be tougher because it requires me to build up very large cities. And I can only do so many cities with my current build. So it's going to be fun, hopefully, or at least you'll see me struggling, you know, fail miserably and. Probably get nuked by Gandhi, because I still have a few uh, civilizations I haven't encountered yet. Speaking of getting nuked, uh, RimWorld's still ongoing. The town of Netherwallop. 
No chuckle? Okay. Yeah. Here, I th- I'll, I'll replay that. off, I guess. Oh, I'm going to have to get a better uh, name. I guess we're going to have to go to Superior Bottom. <laughs> uh, but Netherwallop's still doing all right. It's... Uh, I had to do some early trading to get guns because, yeah, uh, guns are important. And because I'm not running Combat Extended, I'm uh, not as pressured to do early research. So I'm able to build at a more leisurely place, which is nice. Granted, with Combat Extended, which uh, adds ammo and uh, more deadly guns, I could uh, support myself on trade. But then it's, you know, buying, uh, buying bullets and guns. You can see how this could be a bit of a problem in the early game, because yeah, guns and uh, guns are expensive, and ammo gets expensive whenever you're buying several hundred rounds. And usually, whenever you're just buying a bunch of guns, you're ending up with guns with different types of ammos. So there's no single stock. Yeah, it turns out yo know, no standardization. That kind of sucks. Uh, but I am toying around with the idea instead of going back to the original four episodes a week, just doing a slightly longer episode and do a more edited episode, but that requires more effort. I'm still doing single episodes, uh, well, uh, single episode releases. So two episodes a week, which is a more sane schedule. Granted, I did find, uh, how to do batch renders in Sony Vegas. Well, I should say Vegas 14. So since I did upgrade there, so. Who knows, maybe it'll be more worthwhile, but it takes a lot more uh, recording time and, of course, a lot more render time. But you can find that over on Game with Caffeine Rage. Uh, Divinity's still offline, and I wasn't able to do a Sunday sampler because, well, I had to play The Wolf Among Us. And since we moved that up, I couldn't uh, you know, fit both that and whatever I could have uh, found to play this week in. So I had to make choices. Indeed. Just like in The Wolf Among Us. Yeah, turns out I just sat here and smoked. <laughs> well, my huff and puffs. Uh, but you can also find me on Twitter, Gaming of CR, where I tweet about my Autobot, uh, you know, learning to play uh, uh, Hearts of Iron and be a little concerned about that. <laughs> yeah, I was getting the cards out of Hearts of Iron and saw the Autobot was playing that. And it's like, I'm like, you know, that, that doesn't set up Skynet at all. <laughs> They're learning. Well, before that, I was playing Crusader Kings. Yeah, definitely not a dangerous combination. Yeah, I did get the Humble Bundle with most of the Paradox games. I didn't get the third tier with Stellaris. But I'm thinking maybe Pillars of Eternity at some point. You know, if I want to have like a 200 episode uh, series. Because that would be fun. It's exactly what you need. Oh, well, to be fair, I'm you know, not going to make any money on it anymore. Hey, but, uh, yeah, but that's why... YouTube sucks. Yeah, that's uh, why Rimworld is called Netherwallop, because I don't have to shy away from vaguely uh, rude names anymore. I never shied away from vaguely rude names. Well, especially when you're tweeting uh, the president. <laughs> nope, I call him lots of bad names. <laughs> Which is always amusing. Granted, I wish you put a dot before that so it would end up in your feed and not just, you know, have to go digging for you uh, going on a rant. You know, uh, period, uh, space, uh, uh, president shithole. I will rem- try and remember. Uh, that actually, I, s- I did see one parody account that I think you would appreciate. President Jar Jar. <laughs> and it's basically taking his tweet and running it through a Jar Jar uh, translator. Interesting. Yeah. Turns out it makes it more intelligent. 
Anyway, we are off track. Uh, you can find uh, me tweeting, uh, you know, some, uh, rude uh, RimWorld names and, uh, you know, teaching my bot to take over the world over at Gaming with CR on the uh, Twitter. And since we're doing communication, uh, if you have any feedback on The Wolf Among Us, you you know, want to tell us your war stories coming up in Xenonauts, uh, your letters, your voicemails, gaming-related topics, questions, you send them bglpodcast at gmail.com or just tweet them bglpodcast and we will get to tweets next week. We just needed to get some more discovery queue. If you want to help pay for this absolute madness, you could do so over at patreon.com slash bglpodcast. Our RSS feed is at bglpodcast.podbean.com, which is paid for by our lovely patrons. Or you can find us over on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever Jared shoved us. Uh, when he's not just sitting there smoking a cigarette. You, you do realize I can't hear I'm, you I'm smoking. smoking. I was going to say I'm, I'm smoking right uh, now. See, I wish I was logged into Steam because I have the smoking emote. Yeah. <laughs> I I do not. Uh, That's okay. Yeah. Well, well, that stuff will kill you anyway. <laughs> Our intro and outro music, which will not kill you, is On the Ground by Kevin McLeod, and doobly-doo is our Discovery Q music by the same artist. You can find his work at incompetech.com, and... As always, as his lovely music starts to roll across my voice, bye bye now. Sit here quietly smoking. <laughs> bye bye